On episode 25 of Pixel Guide N, Cody, Eric, and Tim discuss the year's high points. An interview with game dev Juan Martinez. It's officially time for winter beer. Six good guilty pleasures. Cody finishes a bunch of games. And Eric starts a bunch of games. We discuss the Wedge computer. Our version of the Clone Wars. And we ring in 2020. Stay Stay Welcome to Featuring Cody, Eric, and Tim Drew. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Nelson and Cody Hoffman. Let all acquaintance see something. I don't know the words. <laughs> Welcome to Pixel Guy Dan, Eric. Here we are after Christmas. Yeah, it feels like uh, it was only a few hours ago that Christmas was 20 days away. 15 <laughs> days away. That's right. But this is our New Year's episode. New Eric, Year's. do you have a New Year's resolution by chance? I do. I am going to, really? re- I'm going to recap all my stuff. Ooh, that's a nice uh, retro-related uh, resolution. I like that. Even my rare stuff, I'm going to try to... I've, I've For Christmas, I got a bunch of cool soldering stuff. Some flux and some new soldering chisel tips. Perfect. It, it was awesome. I opened those. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy them for yourself and nope. wrap them up, Eric? No, I just asked for them and I got them. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, but that's it. But seriously, because my Amiga 1200, I sent away to get recapped because I just didn't want to screw it up. But that was years ago seven years ago or whatever i i've i've grown have you grown eric and your ability to i've grown melt metal onto things yep so i'm really manly and not nerdy at all but it's actually quite nerdy the first one is going to be my amiga 600 and it has surface mounted capacitors which always scare the crap out of me because i don't want to so i'm all right i'm gonna go ahead and uh stop the show here just to ask this question yeah everyone's afraid of those things Uh uh-huh and I haven't figured out why. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I could think is because I'm doing something wrong. But they, with a little heat, they come right off. And then I usually just put a regular capacitor with two legs on it. I just bend the legs so they have little feet mm-hmm. and put them right on there. And you just solder them. You reach under. Do you have a chisel tip on your soldering iron? I don't need to because I'm using a regular capacitor with two with like two legs sticking out. And okay. I just bend the little feet on them. And I just attach the feet. But you don't solder they them. They work fine. You yeah, don't solder no, them. I absolutely solder them. Oh, but it's not a surface. I'm not putting another surface mount on. I'm putting a regular. A... Oh, you'd like the radial capacitor. Yeah, radial. Oh, why is that a problem? I'm just changing them. I just put, <laughs> I just put the same surface mounted ones on there. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. so I grab tweezers and I'm going to use a heat gun. To I guess a lot of people want to do off. that. Just make it as close to original as possible. But I guess yep. that that would be a little different process. Mm-hmm. But I just put radials back on. But I do it with. I just again, I bend the little mm-hmm. legs so yeah. that's feet, and it just goes right there. You could do that. Not an issue. Sure. I don't think. And they're the same rated capacitors, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, otherwise, otherwise, if I'm wrong, then I hope they will be corrected in errata for next month. <laughs> well, if it works January. for you and, if, and you've done it before, why not? I've, I've been doing it. Works well. Um, cool. We're already into our show, but hey, how about some quick questions, Eric? Yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's just let you do the music. Keep going. Keep going. Quick questions. All right. There we go. Uh, we want to play the music. All right. 
I'm going to go first this time, Eric. Excellent. This is a very short one, but a very impactful, deep, meaningful... I don't know how you're going to answer this. I'm really I'm really curious. Important. Go ahead. We always talk about these. Uh, if you got had to get rid of one for the rest of your life, what would it be? Yeah. Video games or beer? <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Sounds is, like the beginning of a uh, this is law horrible. order. Dun, 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 dun. This is horrible. <laughs> Um, I honestly don't know the answer to this. This is, uh, yeah. I mean, I love beer. There was a time in my life when I really did not in my twenties. I never drank beer. I hated it. I yeah. just did not like it. Oh, well, and then my late twenties is when I started drinking it and realizing there was different varieties other than PBR, uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> um, I wonder why you didn't like beer that much. Exactly. There's Keystone and PBR. <laughs> There's a whole world out there like hams and Schlitz and Keystone. Exactly. They have yet to explore Natty Ice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love it now. I mean, I love, love it. So, but I mean, I, there was a time before beer. There was very, I could, I could barely remember the time before video games. So I really think I'd have to pick video games. Hmm. What do you think? I it's, it's it's impossible. It's nearly impossible. Yeah, I, I feel the same. And way, it goes but... so well together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Yep, uh, video, and video they games do. and beer. My perfect evening is just to crack open a cold one and sit and play a video game by myself. With, by yourself? Oh yeah. So my perfect evening would be that, but with a buddy. And that's cool. I mean, I, I love that too. But I mean, I don't. No, you've admitted you're often. weird. You admitted you're weird. You're an introvert and uh, you don't like people and you're forcing yourself to be with me right now. Uh, it could. <laughs> this is, your therapist said you need to try to spend time with people, with human beings. That's right. <laughs> I, I'll play devil's advocate. I'll say video games. I'll get rid of video games. You'll get rid of video games. Why Keep here. Can you imagine like if you really had to do that, this room would just disappear. You just make it into a guest bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd find another hobby to fill it with quick. I'm a hobby guy. Yeah, me too. Uh, I would have a hard time, but here, this would be my, my explanation for one or the other. With beer, I'll still be able to hang out with lots of people and enjoy that socially, and that's a big part of everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Oh, not everybody, a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Whereas video games, I'm in my own little niche thing, and I kind of have to sequester myself into a niche. Mm-hmm. Um, life would be easier if I didn't have this whole hobby that I t- spend so much time with. Yeah. I don't know if I'd enjoy everything quite as much, but it'd be easier. Yeah. If you got rid of beer. Um, That's true. I didn't even think about that. It would cut down on social, your social uh, toolbox. Because you, you drink beer with people, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. and I do. And my wife likes beer. So if I yeah. had to cut that out, we couldn't drink And you'd be that guy that you go meet at a pub and they all get beers and they buy you around. You're like, uh, no, thank you. I'll uh, take a water. I'll t- <laughs> Um, can I have a, a a crush, an orange crush, please? I'll take a Chardonnay. Squeeze a lemon. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the Chardonnay guy. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> no, I'd probably be like, I'll take a Jack Daniels three fingers. Yeah. Um, See, there's always Jack. <clears throat> can always fall back on Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got a question for me here. Please, please don't let there be an evil gnome. No one's going to steal your pants in this one, I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, there's some pants stealing. Oh, no, shoot, I'm just it's kidding. still happening. Um, would you buy a new wedge computer yes. if one came out today and not the C64 Spectrum next? Like a wedge like computer, it probably would be a PC, but let's say, or a Mac or whatever. But... Well, it's funny. You say not the C64, which I get because that's a recreation, but Correct. the Spectrum next is a new computer. That's true. So that kind of counts and I am buying one, but 
Uh, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, you asked a question online, which we already hinted at. Yep. Which was, what's the mo- most modern wedge computer? Mm-hmm. And we kind of, everyone kind of came to the conclusion we think it's the the Atari Falcon. No, we're, no? It's, it's the Amiga twelve hundred. Came out. Oh, the, it got discontinued in ninety six. Okay. The Falcon got discontinued in ninety three. Got yes. Okay. Um, but okay. people were coming out of the word of work with all sorts of weird things. Um, some they're they're right now you can get a PC that's built into a keyboard. Um, I, so I but you say right now, but that was that's not available either. That was a few years ago. No, you can do a custom one. I guess a lot of the medical field or something you can buy these things. Oh, really? They're custom though. You have to. You can't just go to a website and buy it. There's a company that you can actually go and do it, and they're very they they look very industrial. So they're cool. not they're not sexy. They're oh. they're just they're, well. They're one kind of guy like, responded and mentioned this PC that was a consumer PC that was a wedge. Mm-hmm. And it looked like it might have been four or five years ago. Okay. And I instantly went to eBay to see if I could buy one cheap because I w- I want it. Yeah, I love it. I want that. That's it, so cool. I wonder if you can. You you didn't find anything though. Probably I didn't. I'm just surprised because they have all these micro PCs now that look like a mm-hmm. Apple TV. They're like NUX. They're called NUX NUCs. I buy I buy oh, really? it for clients sometimes. Yeah. Why Why couldn't I mean I, I know they could. I'm surprised that there's not a keyboard yep. with integrated into one of those. And that's, that's a, why do you think they died off? That was the second part of my question. And and uh, my answer to that is I think they died off because you want a PC to be as modular as possible so that like when the keyboard fails, you can just replace the keyboard. When the mouse fails, you just replace the mouse. Um, when you don't have a modular PC, then you literally have to take that thing apart to replace the keyboard or replace whatever. You know what I mean? I think you're nerding out too much. I think it's easier than that. What is it? They died out because of laptops. Sure. If you want a super thin, small, portable thing, <clears throat> why not include a, a screen and have it fit inside your yeah. backpack? I think that's a reason, too. That's a good reason, I think. But yeah. I want a wedge. I think that's cool. Yeah. I would love that. I'd like to add it next to all my old wedges up here and plug it into an old CRT. Yeah. Did you see <laughs> So on that Twitter thing, did you see that Commodore? They came out with a a... A keyboard that had a trackpad on it and it was a oh, pc but i did not looked, see that no it just looked like the bottom part of a laptop but it did not have the screen on it huh and it has the ports in the back to plug into a tv or whatever that's kind of cool like the commodore was that a prototype though not released no it, it, it there was one on ebay really there was one on ebay yeah oh, that's interesting yeah so, so but it was a pc mm-hmm. compatible or whatever yep. they called them back then correct yep okay cool yeah well, let's go ahead and uh, give you guys our show information real quick. If you want to find us online, you can find us at pixelguiden.com. On Twitter, you can reach us at pixel underscore guiden. Uh, you can find Eric on there at Project. That's D-U-H project. Uh, I am on Twitter at oddball49, which is O-D-B-A-1149. And Tim, our correspondent over the seas, uh, the third amigo, if we will. That's right. Uh, is at sanction or sanction, as he says it, S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts, which is no longer iTunes for those people that are behind the times a little bit. Um, well, you could email us at podcast at pixelguiden.com, and we would beg you, please, please send us feedback. You. Send us email. We're lonely, and we want to read stuff. We want feedback. Uh, we also would love your patronage. Yes. Uh, you can go on patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Um if you would do that for us, uh, that's cool. We'd really love you guys just to pass our name on, pass the show on, let people know about it. But if you feel like giving financially, you can do this as well. Yep. Um, I already went out and uh, assumed 
we were going to be a huge deal, and I bought myself a Ferrari and a new house. <laughs> um, the mortgagers are calling me, so if you could throw a few bucks away, that might help. Sure. No, I actually really don't. I mean, the money is cool. I, we, we do appreciate it. We're very appreciative for our patrons. Uh, but you don't need to give money if you don't feel like it. I, I, um, we get a bigger kick out of seeing the numbers rise with with uh, listeners, which the numbers do rise every month, so we're real happy yeah. about that. So but if you want to help uh, buy us more beer, we love our beer. And, sure. Uh, actually, honestly, we keep saying that, but it's still just piling up in a pile, and we'd love to maybe go to a convention somewhere and um, use the money for a hotel or stay or something and, mm-hmm. of course, add that to the show. So anything you guys could do would be awesome. Um, but we love to announce our patrons on the show with our new segment here, where we announce our patrons in a different way using our random adjective generator. So, just like uh, last episode, we're going back to the Blues Club to let you guys know who is helping us out. Hey, cool cats. Thanks for hanging out with the band here at Eric Nelson's House of Blues. Real quick, before we move on, I want to introduce the band. First up... Banging the skins, playing the drums is our elastic Tim Drew. On the bass, slapping the fat strings, we've got the <laughs> Opish, <laughs> Opish Jim Tessier. Mm. On the Yaz guitar, the strange Henrik Lilfohl. Nice. Pretty good, right? You hear the yeah, that, was that, was good. Good. that was good. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Blowing hard on that sax. We've got the the arrogant Roy Fielding. That's not nice. I, I know him. He's not arrogant. <laughs> well, my uh, Google.com here would like to disagree. Up next on the alto sax is the encouraging Gary Heather. What a, good, what a nice guy to be encouraging. Right. This one's boring. I'm skipping that one. Ah, this one's kind of fun. On the saxiest of all the saxes, the bass sax, we've got the obedient Dustin Newell. Playing that jazz triangle, the complex Matthew Ackerman. Blowing on the old French horn. Possibly. No, no. (laughs) No, that's not nice. There we go. Blowing on the old French horn, the malicious Daniel James. The flugelhorn. That's right, my jazz band has a flugelhorn. Wow. We'll listen to our materialistic Josh Malone. Hopping in on the jazz cello, the inconclusive David Vincent. Hopping down and playing some super sick double kazoo, the spiky retro gamer nation. All right. And last but not least on the harpsichord, our boy, the Cloudy Doug from 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Catch a ride. Catch a ride. (laughs) Borderlands, right? Yeah. Cool beans. Let's get some beer going. Yes. I am am parched on this post-Christmas night. I'm going to have you. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. I, uh, I'm excited about. This. Let me let me show yeah, you this yeah, bad boy here. I want you to here. open this. Well, you can. Uh, I got the. Uh, do you have your tool again? I think we put it. Up. I do. Yeah, it over it. there. It's right here. So, here you go. <clears throat> so I went down for Thanksgiving uh, to Firestone, a brewery down in. Um, ah, where is that? It's like Paso Robles, Paso Robles, Robles area in California, 
And they make the infamous at 805. I'm pretty sure 805 is huge nationwide at this point. I think so. It's kind of becoming the standard everyday drinking beer for people who actually like beer. Their first beer I ever tried was the Double Barrel Ale, which I love. It's very good. So we went on the whole factory tour, and I'm trying to try not to like recite <laughs> the whole thing because it was, it was cool. I, I really enjoyed it. But they're the last um, brewery in America that does barrel aging for beer. Okay. Most of their beer is not because they have to do it in such high volume. Yeah. But this one darn well is. Um, this is a, a, a custom, or not custom, a, uh, what do you call it, yearly limited edition beer. Comes in a fancy um, box. Came in a fancy box. Uh, it is barrel aged. It is their 2019, now the name is kind of funny, I'm going to be honest with you. It's called Mole Merkin. Yeah. Now this is funny because I got it in a box with four different beers. Two of them were Mole Merkins from 2018 and 2019. The other one is called Velvet Merkin. Yeah, I've had the Velvet before. Have you really? Yes. Okay. That's okay. good. So this one's really interesting. Uh, you got it open here. Cool. I'll let you pour yours first. It is a milk stout with cocoa nibs, cinnamon, and chili pepper, which you're going you're gonna, to uh, taste on the back of your tongue at, uh, at the end of the sip. Nice. I look um, forward to it. Yeah. This, so this is really unique. And I will pour an amount. And you can pour an amount. Yep. Take a little smell there. A little sniff. Now, this is definitely a... Thick, heavy beer. I believe take it is about it. 9%. You can take the whole rest. Oh, yeah, look at that. It was more than I thought. Hmm. How did all that beer fit in this little bottle? Yeah. Cheers, Eric. Cheers. To episode 25 of Pixel Guide N. 25. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. And uh, and going strong, thanks to listeners like you guys. So have you had this one before? I had it at, at, the, loca- yeah, at the location. Oh, that is good. It's flavorful. There's a lot going on there. I'm getting coconut. You know what it tastes like to me is the first time I've tried Mexican chocolate. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Have you had Mexican chocolate? Because it's got a little spice to it. Yeah. I, so do you get? Are you getting the pepper at the end? I'm getting the chocolate nibs. I'm getting a little bit of pepper. This is definitely a winter beer. It's a thick. There's a thickness to it. <laughs> what? That's this is a meal. meal. It's a meal. Well, it's like a dessert. That sounds like meal. I know what I'm talking about. A thickness. There's a viscosity. Exactly. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm getting a warmth. And the legs, and the thickness, and the viscosity, <laughs> and the cocoa nibs. It's got quite a mouthfeel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super smooth. Very sweet. I'm actually getting mostly coconut this time, which I didn't get last time. I do taste a little bit of the coconut, but mainly it's the chocolate nibs, and the I do taste the cinnamon. Cinnamon? Are you getting the chili pepper at all? A little bit, A little yeah. bit, just, it's It's, it's, it's a little spice. Not even heat, good. but this spice. Yeah. My wife, surprisingly... Wanted me to buy these. Yeah. She already drank the other one. My wife does not like heavy beers. Okay. This is a heavy beer. Yeah, but she liked it. She liked it. Yeah, that's good. Um, another beer I got when I was there, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool, they started a line of beers based off of, and they do one a year, okay. based off of cocktails, famous cocktails. Oh. So the one we tried there was a Tequila Sunrise. Okay. It was okay. Uh, but they had mentioned that they had, my wife and I really love Manhattans. Mm-hmm. I, got, I bought all the uh, equipment and... Figured out how to make a really good Manhattan. So we've really been loving Manhattans. And they make one they called Old Manhattan. Oh, wow. So uh, it's a Manhattan. And uh, we just tried that the other night. Uh, same kind of, a, you know, one box bottle kind of a thing. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> well, here's it was little... so good. I wish I could have gotten them in a six pack. But they're, you know, they're single bottle releases. In April, uh, my family is taking a little mini vacation to Paso Robles. You got to go to Firestone. We're renting a house there and actually going to enjoy just going downtown and 
Cool. Going to the brewery. We're going to go to Hearst Castle, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to go there and try all Very this cool. stuff out. Yeah, my sister actually lives there now. So Oh, that's neat. We, we stay at her place. So. Yeah. All right. You want to give this bad boy a rating? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to pick the scale here. Pick the scale. Out of... I'll see how crude I can be here. <laughs> out of 60 Merkins. What's a Merkin? You'll have to you'll have to talk to the kids later about that one, Eric. This okay. is a family show. Um, I'm American. Wait, that's not the same thing. I'm Merkin. I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good gracious! I love it. Um, I do know what American is. I'm just teasing. Oh, are you really? Yeah. I was seriously going to pull it up on the screen. <laughs> Go ahead, anyway. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Um, um but uh, yeah. So pick the rating, and then I will. Uh, I'm going to chime in. I really. It's. I'm going to give it a rating based on what it is, which is mm-hmm. a good once in a while winter yeah. after dinner beer. This isn't one I would want to buy every night. Absolutely like, not. Like have uh, a dinner or whatever. I'd be fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and drunk and uh, have bad teeth. Um, I do really like it, though. This is really good. Out of 60, I'm going to give this a 52. 52. 52. I think I would give it out of sixty. Um, I'd probably Merkins. Yeah, I think I'd give it. I think I'd give it the same, to be honest. And we are on the same wavelength. Merkins. <laughs> it's delicious. It is delicious. But I, I really think that it's one of those ones that it's probably one of the more interesting beers we've had in the last several episodes. Okay, we'll talk more about that later when Tim hops online. Yeah, sure. All right. Well. Uh, I think we covered everything else in our last episode, except for what we've been up to, Eric. So how about we uh, catch up? Catch up! Catching up with Eric and Cody! Catch a ride! Catch a ride! <laughs> um, well, I'm going to go ahead and just show off right up front here. Okay. I, I say show off, but I actually failed my goal. My goal this month... I created partway through the month. I said, I'm going to beat five games before the next show. Yeah. Um, so, while I was playing... Well, I'm going to start with the easy ones. Bloodstained. You and I have been playing Bloodstained. Yep. I went ahead and beat that. Um, loved it. Great game. Uh, we already kind of know what it is, but Castlevania Symphony of the Night-like. <laughs> yeah. A new version of that game. And what was kind of cool about it is... Um, uh, it was, well, it's weird. I guess other games do this, but it's weird to me. One thing I didn't didn't care for mm-hmm. is I have the first time I quote unquote beat the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see your percentage of the map discovered. Yeah, and I beat the game at like fifty four percent. Right, and like, I'm like at forty nine right now, and I took a break so I could play our our backlog for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go back to it, so I'm not that far from probably beating it. So I'm not really spoiling anything here because mm-hmm. it's not much. But you'll play a boss that doesn't really seem like he's a boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can beat the game at 54%. Mm-hmm. And it'll you go outside and talk to somebody, and they're just like, yeah, but the castle's still haunted. And then it's like, oh, well, I guess that's it. And it says, game over, question mark. And then you, it says, you died. Or something like that. It just goes to your normal game over screen. Game okay. over. Yeah. And that's it. And it goes back to the intro. I'm like, that was dumb. The first thing I did, I'm like, that can't be right. Look it up. They're like, yeah, there's three endings, but only one of them's the good ending. Okay. They should really say you, you can beat a guy and not feel finished two different ways, or else you can beat the game. Yeah. So anyways, I kind of had to go online and look up what was going on, 
And uh, yeah, so basically, there's this one guy you just can't beat right away. You got to do a lot of other stuff. Okay. Um, so I got to that point, and what was cool is once I got to where the map was almost 100 percent complete, mm-hmm. uh, I found kind of like the real last boss, and uh, and try not to give too much away. And I was just not ready to handle this boss. So then what was kind of cool is I never even thought about it. Did you do a lot of like the uh, um, like upgrading shards or like changing weaponry mm-hmm. or building things and breaking things down, doing all that stuff? I didn't break stuff down. I did upgrade shards. Well, I found a few favorites, um, like the one where she hits multiple lightning and it hits multiple targets. I love that one. So I upgraded it. I upgraded to the max. Up the wazoo. Up the wazoo, exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so when I find a shard I loved, I would upgrade it. But I didn't do a lot of breaking down or crafting. I didn't craft food at all. Yeah. I really haven't done that at all. So what I kind of found in this game is there's so much to do that it's almost too much. I agree. I really like Symphony of the Night because there's enough there where you can kind of enjoy everything to the max. It's like this, There's it's, so much. It's tighter. Like you, you kind of have to do everything in Symphony of the Night. Not more or less, but more or less. Yeah. yeah. This, I mean, I, I'm, like I said, I'm almost probably close to beating it. I've never, I made, I made a rice, I made a rice ball. You're not, you're at 50%. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you have the other 50%, so you still have the half a game. Sure. Um, which is good news because it's a good game. Because I love it. But that's definitely a thing I run into. Like I'm playing the game. I'm like, yeah, I'm really not doing a lot of this stuff. I just, like you, I picked a favorite and just kind of kept upgrading it and just rolled with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to try to learn something else. I just want to keep trying to beat the game. Correct. So when I got to this last boss... I couldn't with my setup. And so then I had to go back to the point where I'm creating, trying to create a whole bunch of different swords. So like take those swords and I'll break them into another sword, which I have to do to like three other swords to make a like master sword. Oh, wow. To even get my attack high enough to where I can like hurt this boss. And then, uh, same thing with like some of the abilities and like, you're trying to upgrade certain aspects. And, um, you know, if you have a one handed sword, you can have like sword expertise Yeah. so that you can attack quicker. That's right. But now, and I did that, but now the, this final weapon is not a, uh, a regular one-headed sword. It's a different type of weapon. Again, mm-hmm. not trying to give too much away. So anyways, you have to actually start doing that now, but I'm at the very end of the game before I really started doing any of that. Mm. But it did make me go back and play probably five more hours of the game to get all the stuff I need to upgrade everything to be able to really take on the boss. Gotcha. But beat it. Yeah. Unstained. That's awesome. Uh, we talked about Slay the Spire. Yes, beat we it. did. Or should I say I slayed a I slayed a spire? That's cool. But when you slay a spire, you get the credits. So beat it. Now I've actually kept going back and kept playing it anyways, even though I've already beat it because I want to beat it with all the other guys. Yeah, the three. There's so three I've, guys, right? I beat it with two out of the three at this point. Okay. So I have one more, and I'm I think I'm getting close on that one. Um, Another excellent game. Really That's cool card collecting, uh, almost like Magic the Gathering solo with super really cool crazy combos. Really cool. Yep. Um, Horizon Chase Turbo. Uh, my goal was to go ahead and beat that game where I had golds on every race. Did it. Beat the game. So I got all 12 lands, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's gold, just a, got t- a, that's first, a, that game's a time suck though. I mean, you really got to put a lot of time into it to beat it. You say that, but the, it's beautiful because you can play a two or three minute race four or five times and then call that a day and rest really like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and no, I I I said I'm gonna finish this thing. And what's really cool is they came out with a new update. Okay. And the new update gives you a free rookie pack. So it's only like five or six worlds. And my daughter, who loves the game, but she only plays the first couple levels because the rest are too hard. She can now actually play 
through the rookie levels. Oh, neat. And she's getting a lot of first place going through all the rookie levels. Like, it's its own campaign. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's cool. Yeah. So, And I'm talking about my eight-year-old, my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, three out of the five I was trying to beat. Now, this last one's funny. In our last episode, we talked about playing um, Bonk on Turbo Graphics. Mm-hmm. I played Bonk the first time, and you can go back and listen to that episode hear more about it, but I didn't really care for it the first time. Mm-hmm. And I got kind of, I uh, played through it once. I'm like, hey, I'll get back to it. And I pulled up Newtopia because I listened to an older episode because I was collecting data. Yeah. And you had mentioned uh, it was a six good Turbo Graphics games. Yeah. And you mentioned Newtopia. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I'll give that a shot. It's kind of a fake uh, Zelda. I like it so much more than Zelda. Yeah, it's a good game. It is. It's good. deeper. It's it got looks more going good. on. Yep. Uh, it's got um, lots of different uh, yeah enemies and abilities and things you can do. Um, but what I really like about it is I'm not going to say it holds your hand, but it doesn't say here's the entire world. Good luck. It kind of leads you to not directly, but kind of points you in a direction. And you can talk to random people, and there's people all over the place. NPCs, non-player characters. Yeah. Um. A lot of them have nothing worth anything to tell you. Other ones will say things like, uh, rumor has it that uh, the shard you're looking for is in the Northeast. Or, and they'll kind of get you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, dude, I was glued to that thing for like three days. I beat it like in three days. Oh, just, that's cool. I just kept playing it. I left with the power on. I did not want to turn the power off at all. <laughs> um, I did turn it off once or twice, but I took a picture of the code and it worked pretty well. Okay. Um, but I forgot, highly, I forgot that game had codes. That's yep. good. Hi, they're long codes, though. They're paying the butt, so that's why I just started leaving it on. Highly recommend Newtopia. And the best news about the whole game is that there is a Newtopia 2, which is considered to be better than the first one. So I've still got another one to go. And that's another... on TG16, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, the little more, uh, er, little more everything. Graphics are a little better, I guess. The game length a little longer. In- intricacy a little better. That's impressive that you beat all those games. So that's four. I was yep. hoping to finish either Call of Cthulhu, which I've been working on, but I kind of just didn't play that this month for whatever reason. Every time I turned it on, I'm in a point where you're just in a hospital. It just kind of doesn't appeal to me. Okay. Um, then I'm like, I'll just beat Alex Kidd or Bonk. And both those games had that 8-bit game where thing yeah. where you get to the last boss and you just can't get... You can't finish that last part. Right. Huge difficulty spike, so... Yep. I only got four out of five, but I'm proud. Got through some backlog. Excellent. Yeah. That is really cool. So I got a new DS. Ooh. But uh, there's a story behind it. Um, there's always blind... That thing's big. Yeah, there's always blind spots um, in, our, in our knowledge sets. And one of mine was, in a past episode, you showed me a DS that you got and that it came with one of these R4 cards. Absolutely. And... I had no idea what those were. I was like, what? And this was only a few episodes ago. This yep. like four or five months ago that we yep. even brought that up. I, I, and I never even come across them online. So I was like, I, I, I was like, what is that? Yeah, and I never, I knew about them, but I never did it because every time I looked them up and tried to find one, they were on really seedy sites. Yep. And there's like a million versions and I have no idea what they are and they yep. all say the same thing. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Exactly. And so what happened is I like the DS, the non-3DS DS, like the, just the old school one. Yeah. Um, cause I never really liked i always turned off the 3d like i put the little slider all the way down i just did not like the 3d effect see i really I actually do really like the 3d but okay. it depends on the game or how long i've been using it but okay i i love that it exists uh, that's cool i but. don't so i i always turn it off anyway so you were kind enough to give me this r4 card because i found on newegg.com mm-hmm. 
uh, Dustin Dash Sixteen, who was on the show a few months ago, yeah, uh, let me know that they were like on sale for like four bucks or something dumb. Yeah, and so I just got the kind of all in one cart that did everything. Yeah, it just worked on anything. Yeah, it was like twenty bucks, but still, I'm mean, are you kidding me? Yep, twenty bucks, I'll do it. So you gave me this, and I was like, "Cool." So I I didn't have I don't have a DS though. So I was like, <laughs> "Okay, I'm gonna go get a DS." I have a 3DS, but this didn't work on it. So I go and I got this DS, which is a really nice one. Um, you could take a look at it. it's a yeah, DS XL. Is, it's big. I did not even know they made the full size XL DS like this, and it's got a really cool like bronze color it's a bronze yeah and i don't even know what color nintendo calls that it looks bronze but call it's it bronze mocha <laughs> yeah. it's bronze mocha i'm gonna so, call it, i'm gonna call it milk stout so i find that locally like on in in elk grove and i think i forget i think it was either 20 or 25 bucks Deal, it's in dude, mint condition awesome. no scratches it's beautiful right so i come home very excited i pop your r4 card in there and it doesn't work. Yep. So the research begins because I know it works for you. You told me and it has games and save files on it. So I knew it worked. So I go online and it turns out there are like a bazillion models of these R4s. <laughs> um, they're yep, pretty much. And they, if your DS is upgraded in any way, this, this particular one won't work. So you have to have a certain level of of um, operating system. So basically, no big deal. I or did less. I did flash different OSs on here trying to get it to work, and it didn't work. So I put it back the original one. So this is I'm giving back to you because you said you could still use it. Yeah, my daughters do have yep. DSs, so I can put all kinds of uh, Kylon games or Barbie okay. games on there. And that should be... I have one daughter that will play like legit games and yeah. enjoy them. So same one they'll play Horizon Chase. Yeah, cool. So hopefully I'll get them to both like real games. So there it is. I gave it back, but I did find. Sorry, Kylon. <laughs> Ooh, Kylon's probably in your um, six good game segment later this episode, huh? Might be uh, six good. Uh, what was it? Uh, guilty pleasures. Yep. So anyway, I got this dual core one, and that what what, what I researched, and I went down this R four rabbit hole. Like mm-hmm. I just started because there are no good single websites that have all the information on these R four cards. They really are these Chinese clone knockoff cards that it's ridiculous are yeah. mass produced. Um, this one is called a SDHC dual core. It will work with the latest versions of the operating systems on these DSs. So, and this supposedly will even work on three DSs. So it's like those all card, all cards you're talking about. So anyway, I got this works right off the bat. I'm able to use it on this DS. Um, so I then found that there are, a lot of different ones so i even ordered a different one to work on my 3ds because it's supposed to be faster and work better on the 3ds oh, wow. okay so i bought it it's like i think it was like around 15 bucks and it's I wonder if it's the same one i have it might be so yeah. anyway that's coming in but once i got it working i actually started digging into like a, the shmup genre which on the ds there aren't many shmups it's a tiny screen it's a hard genre to fit on a mm-hmm. ds sure um and i i get that um but one thing I was pleasantly surprised is I was doing research trying to find ones. And the first one that came up was the made by Cave. It was Katsui Death Label. I didn't know they put that on the DS. It is. It's on the DS. I've, In fact, I've, I have it on there right now. I played the uh, arcade MAME and I played on Did 360. You? And yeah, it's, I mean, Cave games are great. It, it It is a great game. It's all bosses. Like there's yep. not much else to it other than you're fighting bosses, which is really neat. But it is bullet hell. 
It's very difficult. I can't imagine that working on a small screen, but it sounds like it does. It works, and it looks really good. Um, then the other one I found was um, someone said the best game shmups on there was Space Invaders Extreme. Extreme is pretty cool. One and two. And I thought, oh, man, Space Invaders, okay, let's try this. They're awesome. Yeah, this is pretty much what I'm hoping the uh, Amico is going to be. Yeah. Like taking a game, a classic arcade game, and doing this to it. Yeah. That would be awesome. So, I mean, you boot up, I, I booted up Space Invaders Extreme 1. I'm like, okay, let's get ready for this. And it's all, <laughs> yep. And it is like, I thought you, we were starting a drum line. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, great music, uh, just fun. It was literally like a, not difficult. Like, I, I don't think I lost a life for like the first 20 minutes or 25 minutes. It's just you blowing up, getting all these different weapons, sensory like overload. beam weapons, sensory. Like, yeah, it was just, it was awesome in a very good way. Um, and then I got Space, somebody said that uh, Space Invaders Extreme 2 was even better. And so load that up and it is just as awesome. So those are good. But not better. Yeah, they're about the same. I'd say they're <laughs> about the same. Um, and then the other one was Nanostray 1 and 2. Nanostray 1 is a, um, let me get this right, is a uh, horizontal shmup. Mm-hmm. Nanostray 2 is a vertical. I think I actually own carts of this, not that that matters. Cause I, oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, they're pretty rare. Are they pretty, I, I don't know if they're rare, but they're... I don't have the whole game, I just have the cart. Oh, okay. You just have the cartridge? Yep. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the game, right? Yeah. It's not very collectible. They're, they're, they're not fun to collect the little tiny carts. That's true. Oh, you just have the cart, not the, just the cart. case. Okay. Yeah. It, they're great games, though. I also have uh, just the cart for Bengayo, which is one that I know you like. They have on the DS. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yep. So, it's called... It's a great version. Bengayo Dream or... Yeah, something I can't like that. remember. It was something like that. I didn't actually write that one down, but I did download it. Um, and then, just as a side note, I, I started playing Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. Um, on the DS? Yeah. I've never played any of the Nintendo DS ca- Castlevania Metroidvanias. I'm going to use the word there because yeah. that is a Metroidvania in that right, case. Right. But yeah, I've heard great things. The funniest thing is that starting <clears throat> to play it, I'm better at it now because of Bloodstained. Okay. Because I've, I've sharpened my Bl- Castlevania skills. There you go. And it is a lot like Bloodstained. They took a lot of ideas in this and put it in Bloodstained. Like, the map looks almost... The same, but on a tiny screen. Yeah, but have you seen? Have you played? Have you actually played Symphony of the Night? I have. Yeah. Okay. Because yep. it's all from that game. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And then it's the same in there. But I, didn't this come before Symphony no. of the Night? Oh, this was came after. This after. Yeah. Okay. Symphony of the Night was the first one to break the standard Castlevania okay. mold and go. Yeah. Yeah. So what I noticed was there was just a lot of overlap, even with the type of weapons and the upgrades. Um, there. But I can see how you could think that because yeah. the resolution on this system is so much lower than the PlayStation was. Right. So yeah. you could think of this was more archaic, but it's this is newer. Okay. Yeah, but I mean it is uh it's it's fantastic. So far I'm really enjoying it. I'm probably maybe 10 20% through it right now. Yep. So I'll, I'm going to keep I'd playing also, it I love it. I mentioned in the past I'll, I'd also suggest a Contra 4 on the DS. Really cool Contra game. Okay. Yeah, that, I think I saw that, that. Scrolls both screens. I just took all the games you had on yours and I copied it. So they're all on there. <laughs> so Yep. That was on there. Cool. So that's all I got. Eric, you and I yes. know this, but our listeners might not. We've been playing a ton of Killer Queen Black. In fact, we've played it online together, and we played it couch co-op together. And it, that's why I threw this on here, and I put it both, because I really enjoyed when we came over and played co-op. 
but I've been playing it a lot at home as well. It's a blast. Actually, I mean, I, I, I did enjoy that, but that's the first time I've ever really played a game online with somebody I knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I bought the headset just like you have a headset with a microphone. I bought mine, yeah. And we kept to keep talking about it. Doug, actually, I, I didn't follow through because we've been both all been nuts. But he actually agreed to play with us over the, online over the weekend. Yep. So we need to actually make that happen. Yeah, and I added him as a friend, but he hasn't added me back. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, there's a button. <laughs> I'm a Pac-Man this time. Yeah, exactly. So he said he's going to log in and add me. Um, but I would love it. Anybody out there listening, if you want to play with us, yes, you can play with the Pixel Garden. You can actually play with real-life celebrities? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, just hit us up on Twitter or whatever, or email, and we'll send you our friend codes. I'd yep. love to. I'd but, love to have a team of of uh, five people of everybody we know. Like well, it's only four people is on it four? Switch. Two, three. No, yeah. there's the Queen, and I thought there was four workers. Queen and three. Is the original three arcade was Queen, Queen and four, but okay, Switch is Queen and three. But it would be great if we could fill all the <clears> slots <throat> with people we yeah, know online. That'd be really cool. Wouldn't that be really cool? That'd be so cool. And to just run it back to back, like just dominate on Killer Queen. I'm sure. I'm sure we would. I think we would. I, I my ratio right now is better. I mean, I've won more than. You just got to get a queen that knows that's how to help the team rather than just try to win it themselves. That's the key. This to me, this has been the breakout multiplayer game, not only of the Switch, but for me, of like. Modern gaming in the last probably f- three. You say or four modern years. game. It's a pretty old school yeah. game. But it's, it's old newer, school looking, but it's, but it's a newer game. Yeah. I mean, it just came out for the Switch. I mean, it's been on other platforms for a few years, right? Now, a couple years? No. No. Recently. No, it's brand new. Okay. Switch, I think, is the only version right now. Yep. So it was just the arcade before this, which was only a couple years ago that yeah. that came out. It's very <laughs> retro inspired pixel graphics. And for people that don't know, you basically are can win the game in three ways: economic victory with putting the little berries in the holes. In the holes, you can ride the snail to victory in a snail victory, or you could have a military victory by killing the queen three times. And everyone's just kind of working together to figure out which victory they're trying to go for, while watching the other team make sure they don't win one they of those three win. ways. And everyone's yep. it's all about communication and helping each other out. And every player has a <laughs> crucial role. Like no one can ride the snail except for a basic worker. Um, you can take a worker and upgrade it with weapons, but then they can't jump on the snail. They can only protect um, or kill queens, and they can't they can't grab berries either. Yep. Um, and the queen can convert pods to the, you have to jump in a pod to convert your worker into a warrior. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and it sounds kind of complicated, but the tutorial goes really fast, and it and it tells you everything you need to know. Perfect. I mean, I learned the game, you know, the first time through the tutorial. Yep, I loved it. So and listeners, I want, I want to play more of it. At us. So I did a uh, last episode, I, or last month, I mentioned that I got my Amiga 600 in from Tim. Yep. And so I've been working on trying to learn how to use Amigas. You actually came over one day and helped me figure some things out. Yeah. How to do some CF card transfers, which weren't as easy because I needed to get all kinds of dev files and things moved in the you right places. Got it places. working, though. Got that part working, but then found another issue, which is just kind of the hobby of old microcomputers. It so, is. Yep. Uh, still loving that machine. But I also just fell into, through the Sacramento Amiga Club, yeah, uh, Computer Club, uh, they hooked me up with uh, my first full-sized Amiga 2000. Nice. So this thing is very large and very upgradable and very big, but it's basically a 500 in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got this really long keyboard here, yes. which is nice and clean and a nice mouse and uh, all these files and even got some literature here that explain how the Amiga works so I can look things up without calling you and bugging you. Or Doug, or anyone else. 
And so I'm going full hog into it. And now I actually have my first working uh, floppy drive. So I'm sure the first thing I'll do to this thing is to add a CF card hard drive and a GoTech. Yeah. Which are the two things I already have on the other ones, but... But the GoTech you'll be able to add is drive B, so you'll be able to have both. Yep. Yeah. Best of all worlds. That's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about playing with this thing. It is very large, but I'll have to find a permanent spot for it in here somewhere. Uh, the big, big... Uh, I still don't have a big box desktop Amiga. I'd love to have one someday, but I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. wait for the right deal to fall in my lap. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Um, you played Neurovoider. Have you heard of Neurovoider? Yeah, it was on my it's on my wish list. Okay. <clears throat> and I almost bought it during the last sale because it dropped to five bucks yep. up until like a few days ago. Yeah. So I bought it uh based on because I was reading something online, somebody was like, This is my game of the year on Switch, I love it. And I looked at some videos and I was like, This really looks interesting, and it is a blast. So it's basically a game where you're a robot in these in these different worlds and it's procedurally generated so it's never the same levels twice um see that word scares me and i think that's why i ended up but not, this one's not getting it yeah this one's a little different though because i mean the seeds only make slight changes just so it mixes it up a little bit um and it's one of those games where you're gonna die eventually pretty quick really but every time you do that you basically you play always play the same level first with the same weapons and then you can pick from three different types of droids. And then you, as you kill people, they drop parts and you grab the parts and you grab other stuff. And then you, when you go into the like Quasitron, yeah, kind of. But then when you go to the next level, you can craft different parts for your droid that upgrade the weapons, upgrade the body, yeah. upgrade the armor. And then you go in the next levels harder and you have to, it's it is it, it the game is fantastic. It's a lot of Sounds fun. Sounds good. I've been playing it over and over and over, and I and I'm having a blast with it. That's cool. And it's one of those games where now, like at first, it was hard, and I couldn't get past the second level, and then I couldn't get past the third. I'm like, I now, did go you get to, there because of skill though, or did yep. you get there because of upgrades? You're upgrading? Um, it's skill because when you start, you don't have anything. Okay, you're back to normal, and then that's cool. Then. By the second one, you have this inventory of stuff you've built and crafted, and you can slap those on. You find strategies, or you kind of have to go with whatever drops. You kind of have to go to that strategy. Or... Yep, there's different strategies based on the droids you get. Okay, because I always play Rampage, which has the big guns, but <laughs> you can play like this one called Fortress that has a shield, or you can play Dash, and he has like almost like a sword. But he can dash, so he can avoid bullets really easily. Gotcha. So it's a great mix. It's it's a solid game. Very cool. Yep. And uh, I've been playing a lot of. I I wanted. I'm I'm missing some Pokemon in my life. <laughs> so I actually on this DS I popped in uh, Pokemon and I went online and found everybody seemed to think Pearl was one of the best. Maybe ones. I'll I'll join that with you because I've like I said I kind of caught up on all my games now. Yeah. And I don't want to jump right into another Switch game. I've been doing so much Switch. Yeah. Uh, I want to play some DS, and uh, maybe I'll do P Pearl alongside you, because I've been wanting to try a book I keep talking about on the yeah. show. I want to try one, and if that's, like, the one to start with, let me just, I'll do it with you. My son is back into playing <clears throat> basketball, so I literally take him, and it's too far from my house to go back home. Yep, you just so sit there. I sit in my car, or I go to a local pizza shop where beers are cheap, <laughs> and, like, I sit there, and I drink Paps. a beer, and I play, like, and I, so DS is great for that. And I started Pokemon because of that. And that's I, cool. And I've already like I caught, I didn't catch them all yet, but I've I'm up <laughs> to about twenty. So it's fun. I love Pokemon. It's a great game. <sighs> okay, I'll try it. I honestly, the Pokemon again. We're, later in this episode, we'll do six good games on uh, our uh, guilty pleasures. Mm -hmm. That's a game that just is so childlike looking. Mm -hmm. 
that if I enjoyed it and played it, I would be on my list. Yeah. I just haven't actually gotten there. And I, I have a feeling I'm going to love it. Yeah. But it's not there because I can't add that to my... I, I'm not there yet. So. Well, I, I, spoiler alert, it's on my good pleasures <laughs> list. Because, and there's some stories behind can't that. can't be too we'll guilty because you're going publicly to a pizza parlor and getting beer and playing Pokemon. So. But I don't tell anybody that. <laughs> Except you and now I've all look at you and you're, <laughs> They look at you and you're like, oh, I'm just working on my uh, yeah. black... Barry. Exactly. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. You know, Deathmatch Four. <laughs> Ooh, the fourth, the exactly. most gory of all Deathmatches. Exactly. Uh, my buddy and I, John, uh, John and I, he was on the episode yeah, was last on the episode, month. Yeah. He came over and we uh, smoked some cigars and drank beer and played uh, arcade games on Mame for three hours and lost track of time. And the wife's called us and we got in trouble. <laughs> so there's my last bit of catching up. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, we played Time Pilot. Uh, we played Frenzy. The Berserk sequel. Oh, I I love Frenzy. You're having fun with that. You can bounce shots off of walls mm-hmm. and stuff. We are, we are figuring it I, out. You know, I have the original for that on my ClickVision. Like, I had to go oh, buy yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I do too. I do. I had to go buy it because I love that game so much. And I, I didn't find it. I found it later in life. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I probably found it, you know, within the last year and a half well you love berserk and that I you love told berserk. me about berserk so and yeah. so once i got frenzy i was like this is like berserk on steroids yeah i mean it's, yeah it is it's absolutely a, is. it's a great game um we also played uh gap plus which is like the third galaga game yeah i played um, that before which is my favorite i just it's really yeah. fun yeah uh collecting like five ships at once and all shooting like destroying stuff and then we played my like one of my favorite arcade games, Ladybug. The sad thing about it is I showed John how to play it really quick, and he beat my high score. Oh. First <laughs> flipping try. Did he beat my time pilot score? That's what I need to know. No, he didn't, he didn't get anywhere close. All right. Um, honestly, that Ladybug score I had on that particular machine, I don't think was my high score. It was the high score on that machine, which is my was vertical. It, it was probably from our high score challenge, right? Like for your birthday or something? It must have. No, no, because I got, I got the high score on Ladybug on your Oh, mine. Okay. That. Yep. okay. Which is my, that's my true high score. It's on your machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where I want it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'll, I'll... <laughs> if I ever get a high score on time pilot, it better be on your machine, that's too. That's right. That's right. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, crack open, well, we, we crack open a few beers, but uh, I think it's uh, one minute till 10, which means we need to call our boy oh, Tim. Sh- oh, crap. That's right. So let's get that done. Let's do it. <laughs> let's, uh, when we come back, Tim will be on the line. All right. We got our boy Tim on the show. Tim, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Very doing cool. Very Eric well. and I are three beers in. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> uh, I'm one tea and half a coffee in. Because Ooh, it's half like, a coffee. Yeah, it's like mm, 6.13 in the morning here at the moment. That's usually when I go to bed. <laughs> Eric gets up at like five, so yeah. I thought he's, that's nothing to him. So. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm normally halfway to the gym this time in the morning. I can tell you're talking a little quieter than normal, so you must have kids in the next room or something, or a yeah, uh, yeah they're, 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 they're soon-to-be angry wife. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're upstairs, hopefully still sleeping, but I wouldn't have thought so. Gotcha. Well, Tim, uh, uh, Eric and I are cracking open this last Glastonbury uh, ale right now as we speak. Lady which, of the Lake. Which one is it? The, the Lady of the Lake, yes. Lady okay, of the Lake, yeah. this yeah. last we one, We had yeah. the Thriller one last, which was the Cappuccino ale, and it was awesome. I loved it. Eric really liked but, it. I found, I found it okay. We rated it out of a, a certain number of Michael Jackson gloves. <laughs> Shamon. <laughs> yep. Shamon. <laughs> exactly. Wasn't that a guy that went to prison for doing infomercials? Oh, Shamwow. Uh, That's a Shamwow guy, yeah. <laughs> that, that guy must not have made it to the UK. Um, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and pour, uh, pour one for our homie Tim here. Yep. We're getting that ready. Uh, 
But Tim, if you can go ahead and start real quick for everyone who uh, has somehow not heard of you or who you are, who is Tim Drew? Well, uh, it's just me, basically. Um, what, what, riveting uh, radio, Tim. Riveting radio. <laughs> how, how how can I begin with that? Um, oh. What what's my history? I suppose. Why sure. do you, why do you like retro? So why, why where did that happen? Well, well, the thing is, is retro for me wasn't retro. I actually lived it all, obviously, back in the day. Um, so, you know, to me, it's kind of like all natural stuff. Um, I guess really first computer was Spectrum. Ah, no. Okay, so just a basic 48K ZX Spectrum? Correct. Okay, that's nice. That's a good one yeah. to start out with. That was my first well, British computer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and and you know what? I didn't actually want a Spectrum. I didn't want a computer. I wanted Ooh. a pair of roller skates. Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> and I woke and- up Christmas morning, and the box was exactly the same size as a pair of roller skates. I opened the you present You were overly up. excited. Yeah, opened the present up, and it was like, a Spectrum? What the heck is this? <laughs> you want me to get smart or something? I was hoping to crack my head, not... Not increase the size of it, and then, and then back in that day, weren't weren't roller skates just like a brick with wheels? No, no, they oh, they, were, they were they were. I was after a proper pair of roller boots. Ooh, roller boots! Oh, wow. yeah. You know what they? they call, I don't know if they call it call it the same over there, but nowadays they call them quads. Do they? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah, we, yeah. we don't we don't don't do that. I, I, Danica had a pair for a while, but uh, she's not got great balance, so uh, it was it was a bit scary watching her on those things. Yeah, when I was a kid, it became roller blades because that you know was really edgy. That was the the whole sixteen yeah. bit. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it, the Mega Drive or the Genesis over there was advertised as edgy as it was over here, but everything was in your face and crude and intense. And I'm better than you, and so it was roller blades. Roller and, blades. Uh, yeah, and roller skates were not a thing, but they started to come back. But now they just call them quads. We had roller skates when my, my sister and I, my older sister and I, had roller skates, and we skated everywhere for a while, and then. I stopped doing it for a long time, and then I bought roller blades when I played hockey because I played roller hockey for a while. There you go. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Actually, roller hockey, yeah. Roller hockey. Actually, yep. that, that was a pretty big thing over here because we're cheap to yeah, too cheap to make ice. We don't have a lot of yeah ice rinks around here. <laughs> yeah, remember Tim? Don't you know we're in we're in California where it never rains and it's always hot and sunny and ice doesn't exist. So how could we make ice? <laughs> That's right. It was a yeah, drought. We're in a drought. We're in a drought, Tim. There's been plenty um, of that over here. You can have some of our rain. We get too much. Mail us some. Sorry to keep talking about hockey, but I did the same thing, except I didn't know how to roller skate. Okay. So I had a really cheap pair of old roller blades that wouldn't yeah. roll. So I just walked around in them, and I played goalie, because that's all I could do. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. So, so, so yeah, you, so you we got your spectrum. Talk, do we want to talk about games or something, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was hoping to talk about um, ice hockey now. <laughs> No, you got your Spectrum. Uh, yep. They weren't rollerblades, but why, what, when did you take a shine to it, I guess? Um, pretty much straight away, to be honest. I was I was pretty stoked after I got over the initial shock. Um, I can remember the first two games I had was Cookie by Ultimate Play the Game. That was oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. awesome. I've got a copy of that. Huh. Yeah, it's a brilliant game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Galaxians by Arctic Software, I think it was. Um, and there's a there's a bit of a funny story to that. We were spending most of Christmas Day trying to get this game to load, and no matter whatever we did, it just wouldn't load. And we were typing in the command load, 
and then the little quote speech marks. And then it, after the um, part of the uh, instructions, it said code. And we were looking around and trying to type this code on the keyboard and all that sort of stuff. Couldn't get it working. And then eventually, <laughs> I think it must have been about 10 o'clock Christmas Day or something in the evening, I just opened up the Spectrum manual and was flicking through. And then there's all the uh, the little uh, extra commands on the keyboard isn't there on the 48 where you've got to press simple shift and cap shift and then yeah those little ones i ignore because they don't make any sense to me that's it yeah (laughs) so you press simple shift and extended mode then i think it's p and then that brings up the word code and there it was so i did load (laughs) quote quote code press play on tape and it loaded and actually typing code didn't work huh no, that's right. Yeah, and that's all that's right. what we were ca- that was causing all the problems. And Galaxians on the Spectrum, that version, still to this day, is really really good. It's, it stands up really well. I think it's a good little version. See, I've never uh, I've never had to endure any of those problems because mine came with the Div MMC Future. Yeah, yeah that's all I that's go. all I used. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after the Spectrum, what happened to Future Tim? Uh, the Spectrum after that uh, that got relatively quickly not binned but moved along swiftly um and then went on to the commodore 64 yay oh tell me those playground wars were a real thing and that you were in heated battles it was a real thing yes definitely (laughs) and you were on the and you were on the commodore Commodore, side uh yeah even though you owned both well no i didn't own both because the spectrum had to go to get the commodore 64 Um, oh okay but um, yeah, I kind of like, obviously, ha- I still do and have a lot of love for both machines. Um, Spectrum, I've got some fond memories of that, obviously, being the first computer and then the Commodore 64, because it's just freaking awesome. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, just the machine to have and play games. There's just so much good stuff on it. And you just can't get away from the Sid music. You know, the music in the games makes it for me. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it. That is it's it's funny it. uh, when I first got that Spectrum. Part of my thing was to to learn both sides of this war because um, from an American point of view, I look at the Spectrum and just see the specs and what it looks like, and I couldn't understand how they could even be in the same league. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, purely from stills or screenshots or uh, and just hearing the sound or lack of it. But uh, after playing one, I, I'm still not going to give my ultimate review on it here, but. Uh, I can definitely see how the the Spectrum has a lot of fans, and uh, it's got a completely different feel to it. They're two completely different machines. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's that's why I think you get so diametrically opposed views because the you know, like you say all the time, you know, there's a, a mega ton of isometric games on the Spectrum, um, and you hardly <laughs> get and you, and you hardly get any of those on the Commodore sixty four, and the ones that are, uh, yeah, they're all right. Um, head over heels i suppose it's a good one i don't know if you guys have played that did you listen to the last episode come on tim (laughs) (laughs) Um, on the last episode was it in the last episode uh six good games it was six good um games that we were supposed to like but we don't and i picked head over heels oh i haven't got to that last bit yet oh sorry about that yeah sorry (laughs) to call you out live on the show here but we're keeping it in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I totally called that one out because I wanted to like it. And I kept hearing how great it was. And for whatever reason, it just has that. It wasn't terrible or anything. It's just, no. it doesn't have that. Uh, I guess maybe it's because I'm I'm older now and I didn't play it when I was younger. I just can't, you know, play 
that long of a game, constantly trying to learn every nook and cranny, and then failed and do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. you know, I when I grabbed that ZX Spectrum, my first one, I the Plus Two, I I realized it just it has a lot of personality, like the the color oh, palette, yeah. the mm-hmm. the color clash, all those things are really kind of neat. I mean, they they add to the to the tapestry of what the machine is. Um, but if I mean, if I had to pick one, you know, it'd be the Commodore sixty four for sure. Yeah. So Yay, between the Commodore. <laughs> so in between the uh the Commodore uh and now what what kept you in the game and what else uh, what else happened there uh well uh, most of my history after that is really down to uh when I started working in a computer shop um so from the age of I don't know what probably 13 14 I was working part time in a computer shop and then after that it was kind of irrelevant what machine i owned because i had all of the stuff in the shop all of the games at my disposal to do with what i want i um, realize that that's how that worked huh yeah <laughs> i mean i you know i could literally you know at the end of the day take a big stack of games home and load them up play them and bring them back in bring them back the next day so did they not have seals over there no not games weren't not, boxed and sealed no no not on a lot of the stuff um, really huh. no no because uh, it was all cassette stuff um so yeah but cassettes it, even had seals on them over here mm, no not really not over not over there no mm. and not only that if you <clears throat> if you were putting them out on the shelf anyway um you're not going to put them live with cassettes in them because they're going to get pinched oh gotcha <laughs> yeah that was going to be the next question if people just came in there with like little portable recorders and like like did it in the store and put them back or something but not to mention, w- no. when i worked at comp usa we had a we had a machine that did shrink wrapping oh yeah. so we could open stuff and mess around with it and then we just re-shrink wrap it yeah <laughs> no no it's a, naughty, it's a to- to- totally different over here um they're not not many games were shrink wrapped um and if they were then you know we'd have sort of like four or five different copies of the game so we'd always have one that we'd have on display we've taken the tape out so we could just load that up in the shop and that's one of the things that we used to do people used to just come in and say oh can i have a look at this one yeah just load it up on the commodore 64 spectrum amstrad whatever and they can they can have a go on it before before they buy it so um and that was the other thing is that you know we used to get people buying games and then bring them back in sort of like the next day saying oh it doesn't load doesn't load well that's okay no problem bring in your tape recorder and i'll align the heads for you clean the heads we used to offer that as a free service and so that was never an excuse in our shop to actually return a game so what did you do during the uh 20 minute loading tape session while they waited for their demo to load uh, da- danced <laughs> a merry jig <laughs> that's when that's when you upsell because you guys um, you guys did you really not have uh any or just very few uh floppies over there because you were uh, in the store with them. Yeah, we, we had, um, we sold disk stuff, obviously, um, but we didn't have any disk drives in the shop for the 8-bits, um, apart from, well, obviously, we had the Amstrad 6128 in the shop at the time, so obviously that had the disk drive on it. Um, oh, but three-inch discs. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but we didn't really do a huge amount with disk stuff for the 8-bits. Um, that gotcha. was more um, when the 16 bits came in and then up, upstairs we had a big business section as well. So we had like the very, very early XT PCs, um, the Amstrad PCW um, and lots of different bits and pieces. In fact, one of our customers was Mike Oldfield. 
I, Eric and I are looking at each other like, Eric and I are looking at each other like, uh, we should know who this is. Yeah. Uh oh. Gulp. Gulp. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. Look him up when he's done a lot of, um, 80s instrumental music and all that sort of thing. It's very very popular in the 80s. Uh, Tubular bells and those sort of things. I have heard of him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, You should have. You lived that time, Eric. I did. Yeah. I did. I'm a 90s baby. (laughs) Um, Well, the the interesting thing is he used to use Atari STs for doing all of his um, sampling and MIDI work. So he used to come into the shop and um, he bought all of his Atari ST stuff and equipment from us. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tim, do you know how I knew about the three inch floppies? Uh, From my Amstrad section. Yeah, because I listened to the podcast, Tim. (laughs) Burn! (laughs) Burn! (laughs) So were you still were you still in the shop when the Amigas came into town? Then oh yeah, yeah, that was that was the big part. Um, The Commodore sixty four. I had a Commodore sixty four. Then had Commodore one two eight. That went. Got an Atari ST uh, whilst I was working at the shop. All right, so Amiga or Atari? Uh, now you gotta now you give us your ultimatum on that one. Yeah, uh, well the the Amiga, easy. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the Atari ST. I've actually got the original receipts with the gap in time. I had the Atari ST for about five six months, and then that went, and then got so the according, Amiga. According to you, you bought the wrong system first every time. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing when I bought the uh, the Sega Genesis first. Yeah. So. Um, in my opinion, I bought the wrong one first, but in fact, I never actually owned a Super Nintendo until later, but I, 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 you, you don't have to agree with me. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> well, the thing is, is that again, you know, that's the Mega Drive is kind of like a bit later in my retail journey, as it were. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the Mega Drive. I've got mega, mega fond memories of that. If you pardon the pun. Um, and yeah, I don't. It's, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the, the Mega, Me- Mega Drive is absolutely awesome, um, and you know SNES really, I, really good. I do find it interesting that the Mega Drive was so popular because the Mega was so popular, and so many of the Mega Drive games were Mega games. Yeah, it's exactly. almost like just having two copies of the same game when the Super Nintendo library was completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that really spawns from the popularity of Nintendo in the UK at that time. Um, I mean, just just give you an example. Or lack of it. Go, going going back to the early years, the early Tim years, um, in in the shop we had uh, the Sega Master System was right down the front of the shop. Uh, everyone playing on it, you know, playing Alex a Kid and all those different really cool games. And the Nintendo, we had one NES system. This was like the really early when Mattel, I think it was, was distributing them over here in the UK. Oh, okay. We, we had one in its box with a few games that sat at the back of the shop. And I think it sat there for a year and no one ever opened it or used it or anything. It just sat so there. weird. That's so weird. And no, no yeah. one, no one even came in and asked about it or anything. We had it in stock, and I, I, I to be honest, even to this day, I can't remember what happened to it. Um, but yeah, the, but the Master System was just absolutely huge. It was massive. Now, did the, the NES? They didn't make a. Did they make a PAL version of the NES, or was, did it just play everything like super fast? 
No, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, it was a proper PAL version because you okay. obviously you, you had to use it on TVs at the time. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's true. So, so yeah, no, it's, it was proper regionalized for the for the UK and Europe. Um, hmm. But but yeah, no, it, it didn't. I mean, maybe maybe it was just in our area. I don't know. But the the master system was king, definitely. We just reviewed Alex uh, Kid and Miracle World. Uh, being from the UK and having the master system be such a big part of you know retro nowadays, I guess. Uh, how many good Alex Kid games were there on the Master System? Would you say? Mm, probably just the first one, Miracle World. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we agree on that. I was so excited because I grew actually owned a Master System, which was very unusual over here. Yep. And uh, it was a Master System Two, the rounded one, it came with Alex Kid Miracle World built in. Yep. So when I got my first EverDrive, I was so excited to try all the other ones, and I was so disappointed by all of them. Uh, except for Shinobi World was pretty good. Shinobi World was all right, but yeah, I mean, no, nothing beats Alex the Kid in Miracle World. There we go. Except for maybe, I don't know, Bonk's Adventure. <laughs> yeah, I'll just well, have to listen to the show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the PC Engine stuff now. There you go. All right, so uh, Amiga, and then uh, you magically just show up on Pixel Guide then? That's it. That's, 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 that's all, that's all you it. need to know. You, that's all you need to know. Yep. I think we're missing something. What else we got, Tim? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I guess after the Amiga, there was um, you kind of like transition then into the PC era and the Mega Drive and Master, uh, the SNES. Uh, so uh, oh, I, I don't know. I, I made my way from sort of like being living close to London um, and then uh, down to Somerset. And then when I got to Somerset, where I am now, uh, got to speaking to someone I knew. Uh, they uh, had a video rental shop, so obviously renting uh, video movies. And this was probably the very, very early 90s. And uh, they wanted to start renting out Mega Drive games. Um, I don't know whether that was, was that a big thing over there? Uh, renting games? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So they they wanted to start doing that, um, and they didn't really know the first thing about that side of the market. And I kind of been chatting to them before, and they knew I had history with the with computer retail. And you were the guy in the know. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so uh, they eventually we opened up a little shop there, um, uh, renting videos and renting the Mega Drive stuff, and then eventually we took over the floor above and opened up a little computer shop there and we started selling uh, mega drive and super nintendo uh, all the 8 bits and 16 bits as well um that went right through probably until about 95 96 i think so it was wow, kind of so you were really involved in in yeah. games as a profession for a while oh yeah 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 definitely i mean it didn't really stop probably until 2001 2002 i suppose because uh, i had my own business um from i think it was 1998 up to about 2001 um, so i had my own shop and that was very much sort of like in the in the pc era and then uh dreamcast playstation 2 all that sort of stuff i had all those xbox obviously as well i had all those in the shop from from brand new from day one and then at one point did you say hey i need to pull out my old uh, spectrum and commodore again and start making stuff for it 
Um, well, to be honest with you, I've, I've never not been without a Spectrum or a Commodore 64. It's okay. not, obviously not my original ones, but when I had uh, my own shop in a little town called Axminster in Devon, um, when I had my own that's a, shop... That's a very British name. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, well, you, you may have even heard Axminster Carpets. Don't know, don't know whether you have... No, but no, that also no. sounds very British. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a big, big traditional carpet manufacturer. They're based there as well. But anyway, interesting. Uh, okay, um, yeah. So I had my own shop there, and whilst I had my own shop, I would advertise in local newspapers and bits and pieces. And at the bottom of the advert, I used to put, "If you've got any of your old computers just sitting around in your attic or in your <laughs> loft, and you yep. want to get rid of them, just bring them into me." And people did. <laughs> And that still works to this day somehow. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I ended up getting sort of like donations. So I had a Commodore PET, BBC Micro. Oh, there you go. Um, Spectrum's Commodore 64's up the wazoo. Um, hey, hey-o! <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, people would just drop in stuff off and didn't want them. Um, but one thing I did get, and this is one of my big regrets. Um, oh, no. Is I is had a call from a guy um, about 15, 20 minutes away, and he said, I've got a massive, big bunch of Commodore stuff. Uh, he said, I want to get rid of it. So I said, okay, cool. I'll come over and have a look. Got there, and the, it was literally a room full of Commodore stuff. There was two SX-64s, oh. uh, numerous Commodore 64s, pet disk drives, software, you name it. It was all there. Um, and I, it was just like walking into a room in heaven, you know, <laughs> even, even back then, cause I'd so never seen, I'd never so seen where's the S- regret. <laughs> yeah. Well, the regret is that I sold it all pretty much. <laughs> well, mm. made some money. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even back then those SX 64s went for like 250, 300 quid a piece. I won't tell you what I paid for all the stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish I kept one of those SX 64s and some of the other bits and pieces were there, but you know, that it was, it was that way at the time I was running a shop and needed to make the money. Gotcha. And now, of course, you work at the Future was 8-Bit as a, if you want to call lackey. it a side job or a, uh, yeah. a lackey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Rod's tea boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, or coffee, yeah. it is. Or, and, and making jelly. Yeah, I don't understand the job. There's all these inside jokes I keep hearing about that I don't understand. There's, there's jelly in all of its posts. Yeah. You're not missing guess- an awful lot. i'll keep that in mind your next package i want to see some some jars of jelly i want some green jelly no problem Um, i can do that (laughs) i can make that happen (laughs) uh so of course you know now your package is finally on its way over there so hopefully you enjoy some uh i tried we tried to find some american style snacks and goodies and uh eric had a whole bunch of cool uh commodore items to let you peruse um, Excellent. I'm I'm just yes. so stoked for that. I can't wait. <laughs> well, you've you've helped us out a few times over the last year or so, so we really appreciate it. And your chocolate uh, over there is generally better. Yeah, we found good American yep. chocolate. So we we made sure we get you. So we Eric found did, some yeah. some Ghirardelli San Francisco kind of gourmet chocolate, and so we sent that along. Are but... you familiar with uh, Ghirardelli at all, Tim? Yes. Okay, so you are familiar with it. Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, the cool. one one thing that you possibly may not know is that um, Rod from Future was eight bit. His day job, he works pretty much in a chocolate factory. <laughs> oh, really? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is it is, is it is it Cadbury or is it not? <laughs> no, that's a, no, that's the chocolate Cadbury. factory I'm aware of. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it has a very British. It has a very British name. It's called the House of Sarens. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, that 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 that's his day job. He does IT stuff, and that's that's how we met actually, because uh, uh, the company that I work for does a lot of IT support for his company. I'm I am telling you, I think I'm the only person in this hobby that does not do IT as my my day job. Should be thankful <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm not part of the clique here. That is okay. All right. That's so now everyone's fine. caught up. They know who you are, Tim. Uh, that's me so let's let's move on this isn't supposed to be an interview per se but how much time do we got left because so it's 10 40 now do you have to i thought did you have an hour tim yeah i have to be out of here by no later than 10 past seven okay so we have about 20 minutes let's do this yeah let's do it let's talk about our end of the year favorites tim hopefully you listen to enough of the podcast to be able to follow along Oh, come on. What, 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 what podcast? What podcast? What podcast? <laughs> that was a Cody burn. burn. Oh. All right. Well, the heat. as you know, 20 year, uh, 2019 is just about over. In fact, when this uh, airs, it'll be one day to being over um, if we do it right. And uh, so let's go over just kind of everything we've enjoyed the most. Um, and uh, Tim, you can just kind of make up your rules in the fly because I know they don't all apply. But uh, I want to start with beer. Yeah, Eric. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any beer favorites that pop to mind? Um, yeah. So I remember the there was the first batch that uh, Tim had sent. I, yep. I don't remember the names. I, oh, okay. But there was a dark King a, Arthur. Yeah, it was the King yep, Arthur. I have that written down as well. Okay, so that <laughs> that to me was one of my favorites. Tim, we're not pandering. We both really liked that King Arthur that you sent over. Yeah. No, I that was okay. that. So what was the name of the brewery? That was one of the ones you got at uh, in Tintagel. Am I saying that right? Tintagel. So very Tintagel. Close. Tintagel. Yes. Tintagel. Tintagel. I'm getting, you know, I get 10% better every time I say it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was actually called King, or was it King Uther or King Arthur? King, King Arthur. Yep. King Arthur. Okay. Yeah. That was the beer though. Um, there was two beers you sent, but that's the one that I really liked. It was like a deep red. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, I did mention that I have two beers written down. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, I'll go with I'll go with mine. And I, I, dude, I'm 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 telling you, this is not. Um, again, I'm not trying to pander, but I think the other one I we've had a few sours that I really like. I brought them on the show because I already liked them. Yep. Um, we had that monkey sour. Yes, uh, sour monkey. That is mm-hmm. definitely up there. I actually drank the rest of that six pack in the, like the next couple of days, and that was saying something because they were ten percent alcohol. Yeah, um, those are up there. But even was, is, with is, that, was that the Eric Killer? Uh, no, 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 no. The Eric Killer was that awful, <laughs> awful uh, pumpkin ale. Pumpkin ale from <laughs> pumpkin. Yes, that, yes yeah. My it. wife got to try to kill us, and it almost worked on Eric. That was that was that was bad. <laughs> That's my worst of the year. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the sour monkey was really good. No, the was, sour. Yeah, the sour monkey was good. Um. But anyway, it, I had that one down, but that same episode, we had another beer that Tim sent over, mm-hmm. um, along with this this pack that we're drinking right now, 
and it was that weird sourdough ale. And yeah. It was yeah. so unique and so interesting. Um, you didn't by chance go back and try one, did you, Tim? Uh, not yet, but it's on my list. There's a couple of other ones that they've just released recently. So, uh, yeah, it might be something coming up in the future. Yeah, it was really, I, I actually really liked it. Um, it this is going to sound weird, but so when I, after I drink the beers, like we put them on the counter down by the kitchen. Yeah. And that's kind of the uh, take it out to the cycle bin thing. Um, I, every time I walked by, I picked it up and smelled it. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept smelling it because it reminded me of the beer and it was, it's so unique, but so good. I mean, it, it was, it was like, just tasted like delicious sour bread yeast. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely get some more of those for you. That one was interesting. I think my yeah. next one was the uh, Black Mage, that 8-bit brew. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that, it's a toss up between that one and we had a red trolley ale, which is one of my favorites. I drink it all the time, but that's a red ale I love. I mean, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. But- it's a toss-up between that, but I'd probably go with the 8-bit Black Mage. That was there a good go. one. Do you have any uh, favorites for the year, Tim, that you drink? Uh, not obviously on the air, but... I think the revelation for me this year was Juicy IPAs. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yep. yep, never had one of those before. And then after listening to you guys, um, I think it was a really great fruity one that I got. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, that was absolutely awesome. Really like that one cool so you actually you're gonna have a couple coming your way um do they make those in in england or are those imported or no that that, that was that was one made in england yeah uh, okay, I'll, okay. I'll, uh, it was actually bought from a local supermarket so i'll see if i can get some more of them very cool yeah, yeah. I, I my i i always hated the west what we call west coast ipas are really hoppy and my buddy across the street down here just said you know you got to try these even though they say ipas are completely different yeah, yeah. Um, the, the taste the profile's completely different. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's interesting because what we call a West Coast IPA, I don't even know if that has anything to do with the traditional British IPA. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. Okay, so you've had the West Coast ones, though, huh? Uh, I've, I've tried a couple of um, American ones, yeah. And, they, yeah. They, you know, they're, they're, they're fine. They're okay. They're drinkable. Um, but, uh, they're just, like, um, aggressively hoppy. Yeah, yeah, ones that are too hoppy, I can't drink. I don't like them at all. I it's think that's generally much. an IPA thing, though, isn't it? It's really hot. It is. And here in California, it's like a competition to see who can put the most, cram the most hops into a beer. <laughs> yeah. And they, I, they, I can't stand it. They have yeah. a hop off. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, I actually won a uh, uh, best beer contest by bringing a beer in, in a plastic or in a paper bag. And there was 12 different beers, and everyone tried them and tasted them. And I had actually chosen uh, Bass. And I won oh, the yeah. uh, contest. I yep. won with that one. That's one of my favorite beers. Even Bass, yeah. Bass is one of the first beers I ever tried. Yeah, I love Bass. Way back. Yeah. But so. it was actually a, a kind of like a local Bass. Uh, I can't remember. It's a distribution point actually here. I'm not too far away from where I live. Uh, but that okay. was all knocked down years ago. And now there's a big supermarket there now. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to ask you, Tim, the next question first, uh, because we have our own views here being in person. But... Uh, how about some of your favorite Pixel Guide N moments over the last year? Well, and don't say me getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> that was on his list. I know it's there. That's got to be up there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think for me personally, just you know, getting involved with the podcast and you know, becoming friends with you guys has been a really big highlight of the year. Um, but I, I think you know, going back to what we were saying before a minute ago. I think when I uh, sent over the first parcel and hearing you guys 
uh, sort of like opening it up and getting the beers and some of the chocolate and uh, certainly with the spectrum and all that sort of thing that's the thing that made me sort of like warm and fuzzy inside um so i think that's probably my favorite moment of the year so far very cool yeah, I mean, that that was all obviously real. You know, we weren't hamming it up. No. <laughs> that was, uh, actually, it's funny because we got a lot of people who had no relationship with us or you at all, but that's one of their favorite things. We've heard that from a couple of people. They loved watching us or listening to us open things, which is weird because there's so much dead air. Yeah. We're just it's... literally crinkling paper around. <laughs> and and uh, 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 having your first crunchy bar and realizing it's not a good thing to do whilst you're recording a podcast. <laughs> Eric almost did it again last episode. I did. <laughs> I did almost, but I was, I did stop myself. I was like, I, I can't do this. Cause I can't keep chewing on this on the air. And it wasn't yeah. Friday, but I gotta admit, yeah. like, I, I gotta admit that was probably one of my favorite moments too, was opening the package. Cause it was so, and it wasn't so much what was in it, which was awesome, but it was that someone would take the time to send us something and 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 have those things mean something like they really were like wow this is stuff i've never tried before yeah it was very thoughtful thought out um i i just thought that was one of the highlights of the whole year well that's cool because it was sent from the heart guys yeah there you go nice <laughs> now i remember when i when i went over to to england uh it's been a, quite a while now but i fell in love with flake bars yeah I was, <laughs> I was going crazy through the flake bars um, but the crunchies are my favorite by far now. So did you, um, did you eventually you managed to get over and chew the curly whirlies as well? The, oh yeah, the curly. Yeah, I was not expecting um, what they were. <laughs> or the it's name. Not, not, a, not a yeah, not a bad thing. Just oh yeah. Well, it's funny because the name sounds so dorky and yeah. so ch- childish. But then I looked at the American stuff and like, dude, ours are just as bad. I mean, it's just because yeah. we're used to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, Twinkies with a Twinkie. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> we, we actually had those over here for a while, and I, I'd always tried it because I can remember um, Ghostbusters, and they were always talking about Twinkies and Ghostbusters. And I thought, oh, yeah, I, yeah, mu- yeah. I, mu- I must try one of these things. As, I don't know, is the t- a Twinkie the size of the Empire State Building or something? I don't know what the line was. Um, and you were sorely disappointed. Yeah, they were just awful. They're gross. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it done, How about you? That- Danica had a bite of it, and she was like, "No, don't want that. Yuck." Nope. Well, they're they're famous for b- being able to survive like the apocalypse. Apparently, cockroaches <laughs> and Twinkies will exist. Um, Eric, what about you? Favorite moments? I would say the opening of Tim's package was really. That's what I had in mind. Um, but if I had to pick a second one, um, it would probably be that first interview I did with uh, member. Uh, um, glowing rice about the oh yeah neo with geo, the neo geo, the neo yeah, geo yeah, yeah. mini yes yeah the neo geo mini and that, and that was only because it was my first interview and it was something i was really interested in at the time like i really wanted to know more about that thing so That's cool. it was a great conversation and i've known him for quite a long time on twitter so it was great to just being able to talk to him i'd never talked to him before very cool yeah I'm going to throw down a couple real quick. Uh, having my buddy Dustin on the show, having, yeah. a, having three that, of us that in was here cool. together. I enjoyed that episode, definitely. But the one thing that did annoy me about that episode is that all the way through, all I could hear was the um, crickets in the background through from the window. Yeah. <laughs> That's beep, funny. Beep, 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 beep. All the way through the episode. It was a very warm night, Tim. I was not closing that window. 
The man um, funk was strong with three guys oh in here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we had to keep that that window open. That's funny though. Um hey, we just have really good microphones, all right? Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um my I have a couple of I'll go through them quickly here. So that was one. Um just the random I I was so giddy and so excited when you were showing me your new MSX. Yeah. And I was holding on for like literally days having an MSX and not telling you about it because I wanted to surprise you on the show that we both got MSXs and we get to be Yeah. It's not like yeah, it sound like a six year old kid, but we get to be MSX buddies. Um that was a funny one. It was genuine surprise on my face. Like I wasn't expecting that at all. I was like, look at my MSX. This is so cool. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. Um uh two more real quick. Uh hearing Tim's first B uh segment on the BBC. Yes. And realizing um, we have someone who actually knows what they're doing on the show. <laughs> right. You're joking. You're absolutely joking. <laughs> you actually took your time. I mean, I could tell you were uh, you were trying to figure it out and how you wanted to do it and trying to find kind of your, your way of doing it. But yeah. it was definitely like there's actual research involved in accuracy, which is something we don't do a whole lot of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, some of it's also from memory as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. Um, and then this is half joking but not the hardest time i've ever laughed on the show was last month when we were talking about clones and you tried to think of the name of one and you called it rug muncher <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that was from the heart that was oh, yeah that was from some organ we'll, we'll say it's the heart um all right last uh last uh, kind of the biggest one the last one here uh some of your favorite games of the year and uh very last save your favorite game your game of the year for last and uh okay the way I did this was kind of, I don't care if it's new, old, whatever, just favorite game that you played this year. Um, so if you guys want to stop and think just for a quick second, I'm going to go ahead and name a couple real quick. Yeah. A Vector Pilot blew me away. Yes. That, that's uh, a great one. On the Vectrix. That looks cool. Um, that looks cool. That was super cool. Um, I finally found Space Taxi on the C64 the first time. And Jinx, immediately... that's, that's on my list. <laughs> is that on your list? Yeah, it sure is. And that that is just a brilliant game. So that's one you hadn't played before then? Nope, not at all. And really? That, that's one I told you about, right? Yeah, no, that was that's all you, Eric. Yeah. Where, where, did I say, say it on a segment and then you learned about it, or did, were we just talking? I, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. But you, mm. you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Eric, you influenced me. I'm an influencer. <laughs> you are an influencer. <laughs> Uh, to a degree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I also fell in love with uh, Contra on the MSX, just that version of it, even though it's imperfect. Um, yeah. I played imperfect. a ton of that. Oh, there, oh, do I have a button? No, I only have a... Uh, you win! You win there. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you can hear that through you the uh, thing, Tim, but I just did a you win. Um, uh, and then uh, last one, except for my game of the year, last one, I'll, I'll Slay the Spire was really cool, and that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, a little card game on the on the Switch. So did that you, one is fantastic. Did you have some ready, Tim? Yep. Um, Space Taxi. Space Taxi. Space Taxi. <laughs> uh, Quasitron on the Specky. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, uh, really? You could you could play that. Yeah. Now, are you uh, are you tuned into those isometric games like that? Works. Your mind can do that now, huh? Um, Quasitron. Uh, oh, um, what could? Yeah, what no, controller not, do you use on Quasitron? I'm not. I'm not thinking of Quasitron. I'm thinking of another one. Um, okay. I got, it's another game beginning with a Q. What was it called? Um, on what system? On the Spectrum. On the Spectrum. It was on the Spectrum launched this year, wasn't it? Oh god. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the game where you kind of go around and there's a big circle. Yeah. But, um Oh. Oh shoot. 
a cover. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I actually had a physical copy of it, and uh, oh, I, you did? Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I, uh, I gave that one over to um, Pete Fletcher when I did the Spectrum Apple II swap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's gonna. Okay, it's gonna I know come what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um, Super Mario Brothers on the C64 when that got released back in April. <laughs> okay. That's that a, good a good one. one. Yeah. Have you yeah. played a lot of Super Mario since the NES was not a thing over there? Uh, I've played a ton of Super Mario. <laughs> okay. So it is a good game. Uh, see, I grew up with it. That game, I just always knew it, so I never really found it amazing. Yeah, no. But you probably I, found it later then. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, not too much later, um, because obviously, you know, I had had the NES there in the shop, so I played it on that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, over the years, yeah, I've played it a ton. I've got... Um, I think I've got about four or five NES systems and I've got the NES mini and whatever. So yeah, I've got the original of it somewhere. Um, okay. ne- Neutron on the C64. Love that one from Sarah Jane Avery when that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the new one from obviously from Juan Martinez. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, we both love that one. We've been, we, we've played it. It's great. Yeah. Have You're not going to pronounce you... it? Yeah, try to pronounce it for us, because we just tried in the last episode, and we probably failed miserably. Okay, I think it's Ushation Gamma. But okay, the... that's different than we try to put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you know what the first word actually means? No idea. You haven't looked it up? No. Uh, nope, no, we have not looked no. it up. Wait, no, we told you we don't research things. No, I th- we don't. I, maybe you're not understanding. <laughs> we leave the research for other people. <laughs> okay, do you want to know the meaning or do you want to wait till... Yes. No, I, yes. yeah, tell us, please. Spaceship. Pixel guide him. Spaceship. Uh, okay. Spaceship Gamma. Yushushin. Spaceship Gamma. Okay, it's, that makes it's sense. Ja- it's Japanese. <laughs> Breaking news. Okay, that does, I was going to say, it doesn't sound German, but... No, no, that's that's what I thought, but uh, no, it's it's Spaceship Gamma. Anyway, that's a really good one. Uh, obviously, Space Taxi on the C60... Uh, uh, Space Taxi on the C64. Um, all of the stuff that I've played on the PC Engine this year, because it's been a big year for me, in reintroducing myself to that. Um, and another big moment for me is I've got my um, CD TV. Amiga oh, CD cool. TV. Uh, so that was really Which is good. Another system I've only seen on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, These things don't exist. I don't. I don't. I don't believe them until I own them. <laughs> and then just just a couple of other things for me. Not so much for obviously from games, but highlights of the year. You know, obviously coming on Pixel Guide and um, meeting you guys, get, getting a good friendship together, and also a couple of other people. Um, Vicky Pixel Vixen. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Got, got a good friendship with her this year. And obviously we go over to the uh, swag meetings, the Southwest Amiga group meetings. And then I didn't realize that was a new friendship for you. It seemed like a, that was uh, the whole I, I it just came across as you guys have been like good buddies for a while for some no, reason. I don't no, know why. No, only only really this year. We I think we first met uh, Play Expo in Blackpool um, in 2018. And then after that we sort of like kind of like kept in touch a bit but um no no we've only really known each other this year and sadly she's moving away to japan um oh, yeah wow. yeah i heard about I that didn't, i didn't yeah. hear about that wow yeah yeah i mean sad, sadly for me personally because obviously i'm not not really going to see her much anymore but um yeah it's, it's all, all good for her i think she's really looking forward to that so that's that's it's good very good for her and i'm really happy for her for that uh, and I heard she had a small, uh, or I don't know about small, but at least some role in fixing up my A600. So it's almost like um, 
Twitter famous. I've got two cele- tweet two Twitter celebrities. Yeah, well that was that was the last that, that was the last swag meeting we were there sort of like working out how to get the com- uh, the the little CF card all sorted. We got a few bits and pieces done on that and then I finished at home later on. So yeah. Cool. Thank you again. Okay. All right. Eric's got them. So my first one was Dead Cells. Remember early on I was yeah. I was very bullish about Dead Cells bullish, so- good word. <laughs> I love I love Dead Cells. I still love it. Um, but that was probably one of my favorite. Well, it was my favorite at the time game on the Switch that I had played. Dead Cells, love it at the time. At the time, ooh, that's foreshadowing. Yeah, because I haven't given my final my uh, final game, game of the year yet. Game of the okay. year. Um, the second one was uh, one that I was surprised about, but I played it to death. Was Zero Gunner Two? I do love that game on Dreamcast. The mechanic of being able to swivel your plane, I had, I've had i never had that mechanic in a shooter. I thought it was just so unique. I played that for hours when I found it, when I finally found it. And I found that after I got installed my GDEMU on my Dreamcast, so I had mm-hmm. the full library. Um, that game is... Just kept coming up. It's one of my top shmups now. I love it. Uh, yeah. Um, and then... The funny thing is one of my next favorite was more of like, because we had a high score competition on it, was okay. uh, Flight of Pigarus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, yeah. That was a fun one, and I was uh, kind of surprised how good the game was for such for a little homebrew. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I haven't played a lot of um, the shmups where you have a little time limit, like two or five minutes or a whatever. carnival uh, con- Yeah, I guess that's what you shmups. call them, right? The little carnival ones. Mm-hmm. I hadn't played one really before that, so that was my first one doing that, and I thought it was a neat mechanic. Um, so are we saving the final? Or, I'm ones? sorry, caravan. I always say carnival. caravan. Caravan. Okay. Caravan shmups. So I'm saving my last one. Are we? Yeah. that? Or are you going G- first? Game of the year. So, so um, let's do it. Game of the year. Uh, Tim, you're not going to be able to hear the drum roll here. So here we go. Um, Tim, do you want to go first with your game of the year? Go for it. Horizon and Chase Joe. Turbo. Oh, yay! <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Tim. Ditto. <laughs> that was mine, too. Is that, I have it, was, that's my game of the year, Horizon is Chase. Is it really? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Love that game. It's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I know it's a 2018 game, technically, but... Uh, yeah. Well, it's when you played it. Yeah, yeah I played it this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just epic. <laughs> I do, love it. Do, does Danica play that at all? Nope. Okay, so they just, my daughter liked to play the early levels. They just, we talked about this earlier too, but they just released a a new patch now where they have a whole new um, uh, set of levels you can go through as what they call it, rookie levels. Yeah. So my daughter can now play it. Yeah. um, Which is really cool. I will will get Danica into it, but one of the other games that I do really like at the moment is Link's Awakening on the Switch. Um, Mm. And and we're playing through that one together. So that's, that's, oh, perfect. That's going to have good memories that game. I've good. I've heard good things about that too. Yeah, so it, it is really to... good, and it it's one that I can actually play with her because Breath of the Wild is for me. It's just probably a little bit not quite there for her to sit and watch me play that with bow and arrows and killing animals and stuff. So, <laughs> gotcha. I I own that. I have not loaded it up yet, but it's um... it is an epic game, and that's that's one thing that I do plan on um, over the holiday season. I've actually got the whole week of Christmas off. So I'm finally going to sit down and finish Breath of the Wild. Nice. Nice. Only uh, like 25 more hours left then. 
<laughs> you can go on forever because that that's just like the standard game. Then you can download the what's it the master packs and all that sort of thing and gotcha, go gotcha. on forever with it. But but anyway, same yeah. with Horizon Chase. So I actually did finish Horizon Chase. Um, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler. Yeah. Well, no episode in this 25. episode they've already heard it. But oh, okay, um, yeah, I, I went ahead and finished that already. So. Um, but there's always every week they put new like challenges up so you can keep playing. So you can just keep playing yeah. it. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yep. Well, that's... All right, Eric, one more drum roll. Oh, wait. yeah, Tim. No, it's all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, we stopped the show. This is important, Tim. What do you have to say? <laughs> no, all, all I was going to say is that's the other good thing about Horizon Jace Turbo is that I've got your guys' times to actually hit against. Yeah, I'm going to boot that back up. This month will be my my push to try to complete it so are you gonna play killer queen with us uh tim yeah uh yes i'm going to but i want to try and find like you guys i want to try and find a physical copy and it's quite difficult to get over here so um i'm I'm, okay. I'm gonna work on that over the christmas period and get grab a copy of that so yeah definitely we'll have to find a, a day where it's our morning and tim's afternoon because i think that'll be the best definitely yeah. and, and and doug's already on board yeah and some Mario Kart as well at some stage. Ooh, I don't own that yet, so... You've you got fine. to get that. It's awesome. And that Danica's getting really good at that game. Worryingly good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, Eric, game yep. of the year. Game of the year Let's is... Let's drum roll. Bloodstained. Bloodstained? Simple. Um, I always want to switch. say Ritual of the Night. I always ritual want to say Symphony of the Night. I should yeah. give the full distinguished name... Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. There we go. And uh, it's not so much the game, which is awesome. I love it. And it's my game of the year. But it's because it got me into a Castlevania game that I really want to finish and can finish. Um, I And I think it's going to give me the skills necessary to go back and play some of these older Castlevanias and get completely through them. Because now I've gone back and tried to play older ones and they're easier now that I've <laughs> done Bloodstained. So... It's almost like the skills have transferred, so it's it's taught me something. You are learned. Yep. So that's my game of the year. Eric is wise. Well, He's getting there. He looks very wise. Yeah. You can take that however you want to take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's uh that's it for this uh this month. So thanks, Tim, for uh, getting up early. My yeah, pleasure, really guys. It. It's great great to come on the podcast. And, and by the way, this beer was great. Lady, yeah, we didn't... Lady of the Lake, deliciously malty. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we'll give it a rating here, but I know Tim needs to get going. So. Yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. All right, Tim. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, you have a really good day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Cheers, guys. Hey, Bye. hey, hey, hold on. Hold yep. on a second, Tim. You yep. still there? Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's let's just do it for, because uh, we, we want to be able to do this. Let's do the let's go together. Alone. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The so. da- dangerous to go alone. You got it? Oh, I'll yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay, you ready? I, I've been itching to do this, but I haven't done it on any of the tea time with Tim sections because I didn't want to sort of like do it and it seem weird. Gotcha. Well, we're going to do it now, and then we'll do it at the end of the episode without there you, you but let's do it now together. You're, let's go. Who started it, Cody? All right. Hey, guys, remember, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. So, Eric, we've got to review this uh, Lady of the Lake ale that Tim did send us. Yeah. Um, did you find that this was a mysterious and enchanting ale? This gorgeous ale will in- oh beguile you Ooh. with a subtle multi caramel flavor, yet robust, full-bodied bitterness with hints of aromatic vanilla and fruit. I mean, that's what I found. 
Um, I don't know if I found all that, but it wasn't a bad, li- bad, uh, bad it's, beer at all. It's it a... d- deliciously malty. I was expecting, especially since, uh, some of the other ones we had were really more, more flavorful. Um, it was good. It was good. Kind of medium bodied light, medium light. You want to pick the scale? You agree? That's just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It is good. I liked it. Um, well, let's, Lady of the Lake is like a creepy water demon thing, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. A ghost or whatever. Apparition? Yeah. Yes. So out of uh, 25 apparitions, what would you give this? I think I'd give it a 19. 18. Yeah? Yeah. There we go. We're, we're pretty close. Here we are. Pretty much in sync there. Yeah. Good good, uh, good beer. Um, I don't know if I need to import it again, but if it was on tap, I'd buy it. Yeah. It was good. I agree. Hey there, this time we are lucky enough to have a very special guest, a friend of the show and also of mine, Juan Martinez, or you may know him as at ReadRack on Twitter. Juan is fast becoming a prolific 8-bit game coder from ZX Spectrum, Amstrad C64 and now MSX Games. He is producing some incredible games for these formats. I have been lucky enough to meet up with him before and have a chat. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, Cody and Eric have mentioned Juan quite a few times on the podcast because of his up-and-coming new game, Usation Gamma, an amazing shooter that pushes the MSX to its limits. I managed to reach out to Jan and asked if he would like to do an interview for the podcast. He said yes, so there was no going back now. It had to be done. This was my first time interviewing someone. It's normally been the other way round for me, so please forgive me if it's mostly Jan speaking, but I think it's better to hear from him than me. He's got way more interesting things to say. Before we jump into the interview, just a reminder that you can download any of Juan's games on his internet site at usebox.net. And even better, they're all free to download and play. You can follow Juan on Twitter at readrack r-e-i-d-r-a-c some of his games have also got full box releases so you can buy them as physical releases and you can find them at polyplay.xyz or z if you're in the states so that's polyplay.xyz also juan has a youtube site where he dedicates his recordings to him actually coding some of his games so you can find him on youtube and that's again that's readerac r-e-i-d-r-a-c pop over to his site on youtube and click that subscribe so let's give a big pixel guide and welcome to juan martinez hi there juan welcome to the pixel guide and podcast please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself to begin with Okay, so I'm Juan Martinez. I'm a Spanish person living in United Kingdom for about 10 years now. Um, and a uh, few years ago, I... Well, I was making games before that, but I was not very good finishing things. Uh, because, you know, uh, nowadays with a modern PC, you have so many you know the resources you have are basically infinite that is you're not going to finish anything if you, you don't have a, a good plan 
what you want to do really um so yeah at some point i i started looking back to old machines because i had a spectrum back in the day uh, back in spain uh and um and i started making games for the eight bits uh machines which is basically you know w with some differences but it's basically the same as making a game for a pc but it's easier to get things done uh on your own right because you know the graphics are are easier to make uh and you have less memory less resources so it's basically you know when you run out of memory when the game is finished let's say so you like the the limitations of the 8-bit systems to code with uh yes i mean it's I mean, it's quite fun uh, in a way. Like you know, some people like to make crosswords, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, you know, there is some challenge on on trying to do some things with these old machines, and it's also you know, it's easier for me to finish a game by myself that looks like polish and like a professional game. Let's say, uh, you know, I'm pretty much doing the same thing that the bedroom coders were doing back in the 80s right yeah that's right because you're you're literally a one-man team just doing everything yourself i believe yeah that's correct so it's not like i'm a studio with 200 people now it's just me let's let's go through you basically so obviously like you say you were uh, born in spain moved over here about 10 years ago was that right was what what you just said yeah yeah that's correct what was your first coding experience back in the day what made you start coding ah uh, well i think it was i don't know i think it was uh i was in my in my cousin's place and they had this new thing that it was um a computer it was a set of spectrum uh, i think it was 16k i'm not completely sure i cannot recall that they had a 16k and then when the 48k was out they kind of did a swap they paid the difference or something and then you know they gave in the the old machine and they were playing some games and uh well you know the game's interesting but i think what really really got me really interested was uh one of my cousins wrote a short program in in basic that you know it was very simple when you press a space uh the border of the screen changed color yeah and I found that really, really, really fascinating. I, I mean, it was I, I, I was just thinking about it all the time. And and finally, when I got my own Spectrum at home, then I started programming in Basic. And you know, I got some um, programming classes after school. Um, we had uh, Armstrong CPC uh, at school. So were the Amstrads really popular in Spain? Um, I believe. Well, it, it's complicated because um, I'm not sure if there is a good answer to that because it depends on what part of Spain you were. Because you know, a lot of people in the north they, they in the north of Spain they they had a lot of MSX, for example. Uh, in my area, it was a lot of Spectrum and some Amstrad. Yeah, I believe Amstrad was very popular. Um, there were some documents. Uh, not so long ago from um i don't remember it was a publisher and it was showing some numbers from different computers being sold in spain and the amsterdam cpc was huge and uh, it was a little bit unexpected because everyone had a friend or someone knew someone that had a spectrum but 
But it was not, I, I don't know. And back in the day, I didn't have that perception that the CPC was so popular, but it was quite popular. So was there any real Commodore use over there in Spain at the time? I don't know. We know now that it was not as popular as Spectrum, MSX, and, and Amstrad. I didn't know anyone myself back in the day. But, you know, you know, as a 10-year-old, how many people do you know? So it doesn't mean anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Okay, so you've um, first started programming on the Spectrum. Yeah. What were the main systems that influenced you, I suppose? So the Spectrum and the Amstrad. And then later on, what what was your journey really sort of like through the different micros through through the years? Other than the Spectrum and the Amstrad, what did you move on from there? Did you kind of did you ever go into games consoles or did you move straight from the the eight bits into sixteen bits? Yeah, well, I think um, what for me, you know, programming with the Spectrum uh, was difficult because you had to save your programs into cassette, right? Yeah. And that was not very reliable, to be honest. So, no. <laughs> I think it was. I was more uh, of you know starting from scratch, writing something, and when you're finished, then you know sometimes I try to record that on cassette, but then I had the problems to load that back. And uh, when I had the opportunity to buy a PC, an early PC, I, I think it was uh, it was not even a, a Intel CPU. It was a a clone made by Nick. Like a Cyrix or something like that? No, I'm talking about, it was an 8086. I think it was a... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 3.5 megahertz and 512 kilobytes of RAM. And it was 16 bits. So it was, technically speaking, it was 16 bit. You know, it was a very early PC uh, with uh, CGI graphics, but it has some interesting things. You know, it has... uh, it has a monitor, so I didn't have to use a TV, and it has uh, it has diskette, so it was not even using floppy drives. It was proper diskette of seven hundred something kilobytes. That did that have the hard drive built in, or was it just floppies? No, it didn't have a hard drive. But coming from cassette, you know, having the diskettes, it was amazing. It's <laughs> <laughs> night and day back then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I mean, I mean, looking at at the games, you know, coming from the Spectrum, I had. Uh, you know, it had 16 colors. I mean, you had attribute class and a lot of stuff, but the games were more games that the stuff I could see on the on the PC. And also, you know, I didn't have... Um, it was only internal beeper, so it was not even compared with the AY chip that I had in my in my Spectrum. So your, your Spectrum, you had the 128 then? Yes, actually, I think the Spectrum, I'm not completely sure, I mean, but that's my perception, but I think the Spectrum sold a lot of of uh, computers back in Spain, but I think it was the Amstel models. Yeah, so that they, they would have had the uh, the GI chipset, the General Instruments chip, which essentially was the was the Yamaha, wasn't it? Yes, and it comes with a... Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and it comes with a, with a cassette already. So it's those, you know, it's, it was a Spectrum plus 2a i think it was yeah so yeah it, it was it was a completely different experience so i moved from from pcs from the spectrum to the pc and you know I, I what i really liked was programming i tried to make my own games uh i obviously i play games but it was more i don't know I, until i got a pc years after that i didn't have really a games machine because yeah yeah, I mean, I have I've, I had good games because you could play, you know, Lucas 
uh, all those uh, point and click adventures from Lucas uh, Lucas Arts back then. Yes, Lucas Arts. Yeah, so like um, Monkey Island, Loom, all that stuff. Then eventually, you started to get those games that require six hundred and forty k of RAM. And that was a problem because I only have 512. Yeah, and yeah, 512. Yeah. So you either could, was was that PC expandable or not? Ah, uh, not at all. I, I think it was. I mean, it allowed you to have another floppy drive, and but it was very limited, to be honest. Actually, it was a clone made by Olivetti, so it was a, an Italian brand, oh. and it was it was a little bit weird. Okay, so going back to your Spectrum days, what sort of games really stick out in your mind? Is there any real favourites you enjoyed playing? Yeah, I mean, back then, I didn't have a lot of money to buy a lot of games. And so at at the end of the day, you kind of were playing to whatever someone would give you in a cassette, you know. Uh, You know, there was a lot of piracy back then in Spain. Um, Yeah. Which is uh, quite quite interesting because, uh, you know, all the... When you now with the retro boom and people talking about this and about that time, especially uh, you know publishers back then, they they will tell you that you know there was a lot of piracy, and but back then that was not even illegal in Spain because there were no laws for that. That's that happened after that. There's there's a lot of sort of like uh, clone games that are out on the internet. They're actually quite collectible now, especially some of the Commodore 64 stuff that were the Spanish releases, and they had completely different covers and um, you know all, all the same games, but just not by the original publishers. And like you say, they piracy was rife, but it wasn't kind of considered piracy, I suppose, over in Spain because you didn't have those copyright laws. Yeah, I mean, there was some stuff, but, for, but it was not covering computer software. So I, I, I should remember this because this is the kind of stuff that you study at university. But I think it was around mm-hmm. a, um, 86 yeah. or 87. They introduced a new law that it was kind of treating the software like it was um, books in a way. Yeah. But before that, there was not such thing as illegal copy of software really so there's not any one real game that you kind of like sticks out in your mind that you can think yeah i don't know i mean basically i mean i mean obviously i had my my favorites actually um my spectrum came with uh it was part of a bundle it came with uh 10 games um and some of those games were really good you know it was um it was there was batman from ritman yep yep do you know the isometric game uh that was really good. Uh, they, it also had um, Gauntlet uh, and The Great Escape. I really loved The Great Escape. Yeah, that's a weird control method on that one, isn't it? Yeah, but it was it was, it was quite impressive. Most of the games that you had, it were, they were 48K only because uh, when that pack was out, the 128 was really new. So they are not going to give you a pack of new games. So it was more like games from the year before. There were not many 128 games by then when they released that pack. Okay. Um, my favorite, I remember playing some text adventures because we have a few of them uh, from Spain. Like, uh, you know, there was this uh, new version of uh, the Cave Adventure that, you know, you had them in, in Spanish, basically. Because back then, for example, we didn't speak English, so it was very difficult. I mean, you can kind of manage with a... Spectrum game, it doesn't have a lot of text, but obviously a uh, text adventure is something you can't really play. 
Yeah. So you've got to have the, the stuff in the native language. Okay, excellent. Your sort of like coding journey now, bringing it forward. So you've recently started coding games for Specky, which obviously obviously close to your heart. You've done some Amstrad, Commodore 64 with Rescue in Orc, and most recently MSX games. So you've got Night Night. Now, your new game, I know the translation is Spaceship Gamma, but for the life of me, I can't pronounce the first part of the new game. <laughs> right. So can you can you can you ed- educate me at least on how you pronounce that first part of the new name? I know the translation is spaceship. <laughs> right. Well, it, well, I, I don't speak Japanese at all, but the phonetics of the of the first word are very similar in Spanish. So you would say more, something like um, uchusen gamma. Okay, so I wasn't far off then. <laughs> okay, I just didn't want to make a complete idiot of myself. <laughs> the game is a is a shooter, and I don't know. I tried to get uh, to give it uh, a little bit of a feel of a classic MSX shooter coming from Japan. Although it's not true because obviously it's not. But I, I thought that that you know using a little bit of you know <laughs> cultural appropriation here to make it sound a little bit like Japanese. I think it's cool. I, I mean, I was quite surprised because I must admit, I mean, I'm not fantastic with languages. Unfortunately, I thought it was like a German um, thing because it kind of like had the uh, the umlaut over it. But, um, you know, like I say, when I actually Googled it and uh, found out, oh, yeah, it's it's actually Spaceship. That completely makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With the, with the new game, um, I think that was released, was it on the 28th, was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, okay, few, few days ago, not, not too far away. So, how long did that take you to program that one? Right. Um, okay. So this, I mean, in total, it's been it has been uh, six months. But you know, six months like my free time after everything, you know, family and everything is done, and I finally have some time for myself. Yeah. And also because I I made, you know, I wrote uh, Nine Night before this one. I had a lot of stuff that it was very fresh in my mind and I, it was easier. I think that, but still, I mean, six months for a shooter. I don't know. Is it a long time? It's not. I'm not sure. No, I, I, I don't think so. I deal a bit for Future's 8-bit with um, Mika, who designs games. And, you know, he's on and off much, much the same as yourself. And he... Uh, his games are sort of like a little bit smaller, not quite so um, in-depth as your ones. In between bits and pieces, it can be sort of like six, eight months by the time you've actually got something there ready to go. For me personally, I was really impressed by the speed of um, how you got that one up up and running. It's a it's a quality game. I mean, I, I haven't had a huge amount of time actually playing it. Cody and Eric have both used it and they wanted me to pass on enormous respect to you because they, they felt that the game was really really good especially what i think we all notice was that actually the level design of how well they the game flows and also sort of like the on uh, coming patterns of the enemies and all that sort of stuff can you talk a little bit about how you sort of like designed the enemy patterns and is there any real intelligence to it in terms of is it sort of like uh, procedurally generated or was it made by you if you see what i mean yeah well it 
the level design is basically manual placement of enemies and um well you know it's a shooter i have played a lot of shooters myself and i i I like the genre so i enjoy playing that type of game i don't know it was a little bit of well you know it's going to be a memory game because you need to learn the patterns of the enemies where they're coming so you are ready to kill them and all that stuff but um i try to add something different so that's why i came with the idea of uh, you know, having chains. When you kill uh, a number of enemies in a row, uh, you make a chain. And when that chain gets to nine, is when you get a, a power up. Power up. Yeah. So when you start, yeah, when you start playing with that idea, then uh, the enemy placement is kind of natural because I'm never going to put <laughs> a wave of nine enemies because otherwise, you know, <laughs> you're going to get a power up. So yeah. I need to space them out in a way that. I will force you to wait before you start killing enemies so you can complete the chain. Yeah. yeah. Then basically w- with that idea and then trying to keep uh, the intensity of the game so you never have uh, you know time without enemies on the screen or things going on. And then basically that's I using those those two things those two things I started putting things together and then I mean, it's an 8-bit, and, and and although the MSX is quite powerful because you can manage up to 32 um, hardware sprites on screen, there is a limit on the amount of stuff you can throw at, at the machine. So then I usually what I do is I build the sc- I, I, would, uh, I put things uh, together on the level, and then I start uh, playing it myself and usually removing enemies or clean up a little bit until... I think I have found a flow of, you know, so you have to go left, right, left, right, 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 you know, trying to find out that, that you know, that flow when you play, you know, and, you know, getting in the zone, I guess. Yeah, it's that's, that's really important. And I found it was very, very simple to pick up and get into very, very quickly. Just had that feel. I mean, I play uh, a lot of shooters, PC Engine and that sort of thing, and I get quite easily frustrated with them because it's like you say it's all about memory and you've got all the bullets coming at you and everything and trying to keep up with picking up loads of different power-ups and everything like that sometimes it just gets a little bit too much and i found with this one you know it's just got that nice pace to it and like you say you're building up the chains and the enemies come in and there's that gap between whereas it's not quite as full-on as some of like the pc engine stuff and so i i personally for me it's it's an absolutely perfect shoot i really really enjoyed what i've played so far and i'm really keen to get into it some more yeah i mean i think it's definitely a classic shooter you know there are the power-ups had to be very specific as in you know, there is a limit on the amount of entities I can manage on the screen, you know, because the limit of the, of the, on the number of sprites, and I didn't want to implement the sprites by software. Uh, it's also that, you know, the, the MSX one, it doesn't have any support from hardware to do a scroll. So uh, this game started a little bit like, um, like a challenge because I had an idea. This was before starting with Night Night. This was last Christmas. I had an idea. I tried some things and it didn't work. And I kind of forgot, you know, it doesn't work. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. And then when I finished Night uh, Night and I had released the game, I was thinking, well, actually, if, what if I do this and that? I tried and I, and I found a way of doing some scroll smooth smooth scroll on the msx one because back in the day there you know they, they released a lot of very good shooters on the system but they had all 
that chunky scroll uh, that is one character, which is eight pixels. And I can't, I can't play those games. It's for me, it's terrible. It's like, you know, I get like dizzy. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like uh, some sort of flashing in your eyes. I can't concentrate. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. I try them with, uh, with uh, because I have a, an MSX here. I try with a CRT TV, but I don't know. I, I can't really get to the point where I am enjoying the game. So I thought, well, let's try to do something that is close enough to what it should be. And this game has a two-pixel scroll using some techniques and some ideas that, uh, you know, until... We're talking about the time it took me to make the game. I think it was basically two months of going back and forth trying to get the scroll smooth and fast enough. And then after that, it was just the level design and adding enemies and stuff. But that first part was very difficult because I didn't know if it was even possible. So you kind of like build the game out from the the most fundamental aspect of it, which is obviously like the movement and the scrolling and then kind of build everything up again around that afterwards. Yeah. I mean, one of the things uh, with the MSX happens uh, like with the uh, Commodore 64, and that's something that you don't have with the Specky and the Amstrad. And it's basically that you have both PAL and NTSC. Yeah. My problem was that, you know, the in NTSC, the screen refresh is 60 hertz, so it's 60 frames per second. So I had to make it work in the, in, uh, at that speed. And it's not just work. After that, I, I should have CPU and time to do more things like, you know, moving enemies, bullets and stuff like that. Yeah, because, yeah, you can, I mean, I can make you a very, very, very smooth, smooth uh, scroll, but then if you don't have any enemies or anything to, to do at the game, it's not going to be interesting, right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> okay, so out of all your games that you've written in the recent times, so on your Amstrad 64, um, Spectrum, and in the MSX, what's your favorite of your games? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think for me, the most uh, favorite, the favorite because it's most, most uh, original, I guess, is the most original idea, is probably Golden Tail on the CPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I kind of got a, a game mechanic by accident that it, I really like. And although the game is difficult because it's one of those things that you need to get, it's not really, I can't explain it to you and you probably don't understand until you actually play the game. Because it's one of those things that you feel when you're playing it. I'll hold my hands up. I've not actually played Golden Tail yet. <laughs> It's quite difficult because basically the idea is, um, so you play a ninja and, well, I don't usually like violence in my games, you know. Yeah, it's a space shooter, but, you know, your shooting is very, it's different than you playing a ninja and you're killing people, right? So I didn't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, well, yeah. okay, what if, if you know, it's a skeletons, you know, undead or, or ghosts or stuff like that? Yeah, but I thought, uh, what if you don't kill anyone and you need just to avoid people, avoid the enemies? And the basic mechanic of that game is that um, you can basically use some magic, ninja magic, and you disappear for some seconds. And when you're invisible, you can move faster, jump higher, and you basically, the enemies can can touch. With that idea, basically, is that the main, is, is the mechanic of the game. So, But the problem is that when you're invisible, you don't see your character. 
Yeah. So you need to, it's more about feeling and practicing and then, well, if I do this and I, you know, do up and left and then use the magic and wait for 1.6 seconds, I should be up on that platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, that's, that's my favorite game because I think I haven't seen um, any other game using that idea. I know that for for some people, for example, uh, on the CPC, I have this game uh, called Magica that is a little bit like uh, Bubble Bubble or Snow Bros. Yeah. And uh, that game is very popular, but I think it's less interesting from the point of view that, I mean, it's just me making a game, implementing a formula that I know it works. Uh, but with Golden Tail, it was completely, it was completely new. It was me experimenting with some stuff and... It works. So creating your own your own bespoke game mechanic, really, for that one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, excellent. Okay, what's your? Have you got anything up and coming? Any any other new titles that you're working on that you can share with us, or are they all top secret at the moment? Uh, well, I'm I'm not usually the kind of top secret person because you know I I usually um, stream all my development process on on. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> right. I'm usually you know I usually talk about it on Twitter. Um, I don't I don't spoil actual screens or actual content of the game. Obviously, you're going to see the enemies. You're going to see the mechanics. Uh, okay, but you're not, you're not actually... I'm not going to um, show you screens that are in the game or, you know, you still need to play the game. Yeah, yeah. And I also... Sometimes I record my programming sessions in, in video and I upload them to YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, the problem I have now is that programming for for the Specky, the CPC, the Commodore 64, and the MSX. And because I keep changing machines, I have ideas, I have, you know, projects, but it may happen that, you know, you need to wait for three years until I make another Commodore 64 game. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that, that was what I was going to say. When are you going to make another Commodore 64 game? Because I loved Rescue and all. See, that's the problem. People get a little bit, um, I don't know, they want, oh, you know, I, I released a game for the, for the MSX and then some come, someone comes to me and say, oh, you're going to make a Commodore 64 port. No, I'm not going to make a Commodore 64 no. port because it's an <laughs> MSX game. An MSX game, um, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, oh, are you going to make a port for the ColecoVision? No, I'm not going to do it. Why? I mean, it's just a, just get an emulator yeah. and play the game and you yeah. have fun. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm not sure. Until I'm completely sure that what is the next project I'm going to work on, I, I'd rather not say because I appreciate that, you know, some people, do, they like my games and they... You know, people are very passionate about their favorite uh, 8-bit machine, right? Definitely. So yeah. every, every, everything gets a little bit intense, and I don't want just to get people upset. I just when I know what I'm doing next, I will I will talk about it. Okay, excellent. So just going back to more of sort of like the gaming side of things. So when you were younger over in spain i mean there was a, a big thing over here obviously with people would not only uh, have all their games machines at home computers that sort of thing people would often go in into the arcades so did you have any of that really when you were growing up did you get into into the arcade gaming as well as on the home computers yeah i i yeah a little bit but i think uh, at some point um it i think my specky kind of replace the arcade uh in a way i don't know people have that memory of the 80s being amazing and the arcades being really 
I don't know. That was not my experience. You know, in my neighborhood, if you went to an arcade, you know, they could mug you or, you know, <laughs> it was not the right place for, a, you know, I don't know how, how old I was, uh, like maybe 13, 14 years old. So it was not, it was not a place suitable for children. I think at least in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, it was a little, little bit different over here at the time because like the arcades were sort of like, um, I mean, you had the two different types. You had some in sort of like your local town and then that sort of thing. But then also when you went on holiday, right. um, like, uh, you know, there's a, a uh, there's some of the places, some of the locations are still the same now. Like uh, sometimes I, uh, we go to a place called Weymouth in Dorset um, right. and they've got some of the arcades there still now. They haven't got any of the old machines in there, but they've got sort of like big areas where they've got, um, you know, the slot machines and the drop a penny in and try to push the pennies along and all those sort of things. Um, so they've got some of the same locations, but in those locations, I was going into those same places, into those same arcades and like, you know, playing Outrun and Star Wars and all those sort of like really classic games. So I just wondered if you had, you know, any of those kind of things going on. As, yeah. As well I mean, now, now that you mention it, I mean, we have a similar experience because, you know, in summer we used to go to, you know, on holidays to places and and yeah, they have a different type of arcade and it was probably safer. <laughs> and I was older also. So yeah, but that was a different time. I think it was later on, um, when their arcades were almost, uh, kind of going to disappear. Um, so they had all the machines, but it was more, it, they were pretty new anyway. It's not like, I don't know. I have good memories of playing, uh, Double Dragon and Golden Axe, for example. Uh, yeah, in one of those arcades that it was not, you know, the right place to be, uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> but after that, you know, it was more like, uh, you know, Snow Bros, um, you know, that machine of the Simpsons. I think it was three players or four players. Oh, we four player Simpsons. Yeah, right. that was awesome. You know, and Turtles as well. Yeah. We had, and of course, Gauntlet. Gauntlet, I think, was one of the first four proper four players See, for, for example like i don't i don't recall seeing any gauntlet arcade machine ever so wow it was more i i don't know i think it was when i was kind of going to the arcades every now and then on holidays it was probably too late and even when it was the the real arcade you know boom maybe my area i was more you know with my computer at home i guess yeah programming and uh, learning learning those skills that have uh, taken you where you are now in later life yeah i mean that's that's true i mean it was very influential and and i think uh a lot of people my age uh they have a a career in in you know in software development or whatever because of of those computers okay oh, that's really good there's one question that eric likes to ask on his interviews that he's done before so i think i'm going to ask you on this one an evil gnome says you have to choose to wipe out either the 8-bit or the 16-bit era games which do you choose i think almost well i think everyone always decided you know they keep the 8-bits isn't it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the 8-bit. You know, my problem is that I really didn't, you know, I skipped completely the 16-bit. I never, I mean, it's a shame, but 
I didn't ever even see an Amiga or a Atari ST uh, back in the day, and I didn't really have a game console. I think the f the, the only game console I I had before you know getting things for the retro and stuff, uh, you know, back in the day, is a Nintendo DS. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah. So that's the only game console I I really owned before you know I started. You know, I have a master system here because I, at some point I thought um, I might make a game for the master system but I, I really didn't you know I skipped that I, I mean I was more like a PC kind of person you know I was playing different type of game that you really need a mouse and a keyboard more than a gamepad I guess yeah I think this the 16-bit era kind of like really lent itself to um, those type of games you know the the point and click where you need the mouse and bits and pieces I mean there's some classic games out there on the Amiga obviously in Atari ST and the consoles um, but one thing that they they lent themselves of, of that era was because you had the mouse and you know you could interact with the games in a little bit of a different way rather than just the usual you know zapping aliens or racing round tracks yeah exactly i mean i was really into strategy games and i was playing uh, computer rpgs and stuff like that so i kind of my gaming experience with the pc i guess was before um uh the 3d was kind of in a in a race to get always you know better machine better graphic card yeah. and stuff like that so i still play quake and half life and a few of those but it was just before it went a little bit crazy and suddenly your computer really can't really play that so Okay, so you, I kind of, I kind of lost the interest on 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 playing games back then. See, at that point, I think I started playing emulators, and you know, I play um, Chrono Trigger and, and Final Fantasy and things like that. Uh, what was that on your PC? Was it on my PC? Yes, I mean early emulators in DOS. You know, back in ninety. No, no, ninety six, ninety eight, something like that. So that's um, uh, was that Super Nintendo games? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was it? Ne was it Nesticle or something? Oh, that was the NES one, wasn't it? XNES, I, I think it one. was, or something. Yeah, SNES, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and emulators for Mega Drive and Genesis. That back then, I don't think I really knew what's the difference between Genesis and Mega Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it was a little bit confusing at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a similar sort of experience. I mean, I, I did a lot of emulating back in the day. Most of it was through MAME, actually. I was really, really keen into into the arcade conversions because, again, it was like such a big influence on me, the arcades. And for me, it absolutely blew my mind just running a normal sort of like regular PC and being able to, you know, download the little ROM of Star Wars and actually play that. And it brought it to life because you had the mouse. Um, so you could actually play it really, really nicely. And it, it was it was the actual arcade code running on your machine. It just absolutely blew my mind at the time. And there was, you know, so many other different versions and they were fast paced coding new routines to get the new games in as well. Yeah. And it was, it was just a really cool time on that side of things. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of brought that, that retro experience on from um, is coming from emulators. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, especially if 
you know, the next game, the next uh, hype really requires you to, you know, upgrade your computer again. And so it's kind of, I don't know. I didn't even have time for that, for those games anymore. So Okay. So going back then, so you want to eradicate 8-bit from his, uh, sorry, 16-bit from history. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I think, yeah, I mean, even today, if I play games, uh, yeah, I think I'm paying more attention to what is you know, being produced today, for example, for 8-bits than for 16-bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm not really into that scene, but I don't see really the same quality games coming out from Amiga today than, for example, for 8-bit systems like the CPC or the Commodore 64. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think the uptake is definitely slower on the 16-bit side of things. Um, there, there's some good stuff coming out now, um, but you know, it, when you think about it, the you know people have been writing you know new 8-bit games for the last 10 years or so, um, whereas the the Amigas really only sort of like come on song for people properly creating new games in the last three or four years, I think, whereas it's really sort of like started to ramp up um, and you're starting to see some some uh, new, really good titles coming out again. But, you know, uh, it's horses for courses, I guess. And I must admit, I you know, for me personally, if I was asked that question, I, it would definitely have to be 8-bit. I absolutely love the 8-bit era. It's, you know, what I grew up with. Um, I love my Amiga. I love the Atari ST. Um, but, you know, if I had to choose, it would be 8-bit definitely. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think it's a bad question. Why? Why not? We, we could be keeping both and it would be okay, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's the evil gnome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jan, thank you very much for your time. Thanks on behalf of Cody and Eric as well and everyone listening to Pixel Gaiden. And um, yeah, I hope looking forward to your new bits and pieces in the future. And uh, maybe when you got your next project, you can come back and have another chat. Okay. Thank you, Tim. Nice to chat with you. Bye. Bye. I'd just like to give a big thank you to Juan for coming on to the podcast and having a chat. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. That's all for this episode from me. Speak to you all again on the next one. Bye. All right. Um, I think we move on to our six good games segment, Eric. Yes. So a bit of a unique one this time. Yes. And it, 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 I, I'm hoping that we're going to be a little flexible with the definition. It's but, whatever you need it to mean, but yep. yes. So we wrote down here guilty pleasures, but it goes a little beyond that, right? So it's Ooh. like... Uh, Does it, Eric? I Does it really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do tell. Well, guilty pleasures to me says it's a game you love to play, but you don't necessarily want to admit that you play it. Yeah. Does that sound about That's right? pretty much it, yeah. Okay. Let's do. Let's go with that. We're going with that. You want to start with the beer? Let's yeah. Let's crack open a beer because I am once again dry over here. Another one from the frosty Iceland. Einstock. Einstock. Icelandic toasted porter. It, it so, is a six percent alcohol. So, so Iceland is green and Greenland is icy. So, <laughs> sorry, that's kind of like one of those things you have to say in your head. Mm-hmm. Um. Do they have to import grains and everything, or do they grow it all there? I w- yeah, it's a good question because I can't imagine they grow too well there, right? I don't know. Um, 
It reminds me of uh, when we had Alaskan Amber on the on the podcast. And, yeah. Uh, I had gone to the brewery up in Alaska in Juneau, and it's completely landlocked. Mm-hmm. So they all their ingredients, they ship by boat from either Canada or the mainland. Yeah. I mean, they don't grow anything there. They brew it there, and then they ship it all back out. So I wonder if they do something similar here. But I would imagine they have to, yeah. Our last porter was delicious, yet... I'm going to keep using the word flat or... Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Um, I wonder if this is more a traditional porter. Yep. I guess is my question. We're going to find out. So I am pouring this bad boy. It it has a nice frothy head. It's a dark, very dark beer. The only thing that might make it a little more like the first one we had was that there are some definite carbonation bubbles in the body of the beer. But I'm whole, I think it's going to be good. It's dark. You can't see through it. Cheers. Cheers. I went and had a sip. That is a good, solid porter. That is toasty. That is a toasted porter. I prefer this one over our previous porter. I like this. I think I will, too. Alrighty. But I'm going to sip it and we'll sip rate it in a, a minute. Why don't you go first, You Cody? want me to go first? All right. Yeah. I'm going to go from least to most, I guess, guilty, if you will. Okay. So, first one uh, is a game called Dice Hunter. Okay. And this game, the gameplay of the game is actually very something I would like and um, hits all my buttons. Okay. The reason I find it guilty is it is a Amazon Kindle Fire game that has all the trappings of a typical mobile game, which I despise, hate, and will not give a time or attention to. But somehow I accidentally let this one get its claws into me. Um. It's one of those games where you, the first two days you play it, you're unlocking stuff and getting all kinds of things, and you're using gems to get more plays and all this. Yeah. Um, and it got to the point where you could only play pretty much once a day, otherwise you had to pay money, and I wasn't going to do that. But I played this thing for probably a good three months. Oh, wow. And um, I, I hate that I do, because I, when I start a game, like I want to beat a game. And even though this game, I knew that I was, I was going down that rabbit hole, it was just going to get harder and harder to proceed anywhere. And they want you to spend the money on yeah. unlocking more things. Exactly, or yeah. yeah. Oh, it was big sale today. It's yep. uh, a leprechaun pot of gold sale where 60% off all your... Yep. Pa- yeah. And it's crazy how much money they charge, and people must do it. Some people, you know, whales, they call them, right? But it's a, um, it was a really fun game. It was kind of a... Uh, I don't know how to describe it's a almost a mixture between a falling block puzzle game and a card game, kind of like Slay the Spire to the yeah. point. Kinda. There's no cards, but anyways, there's these creatures that are falling down, but they're blocks of different sizes. And if you break certain blocks that are creatures, you you have to like roll dice. It's all about dice rolling. Yeah. So you're amassing dice and there's plain dice and then there's special character dice that you can get and you add characters to your team which give you dice which have different outcomes. Hmm. Like, a standard dice might have two attacks, two blocks, a special, and a question mark. I can't remember exactly. But then other dice might just be, like, almost all attack, or uh, special ones will have, like, double blocks on them, or whatever. Like, And so you're basically attacking these little blocks as they fall down, and if you break the character, it'll give you, you know, points and that kind of stuff. But then there's also blocks in there that are treasure or health, so you might choose to attack those with dice instead of your enemies so you can get health back or double block it's just one of those kind of strategy games yeah and it's just really cool um really fun but it was a 
mobile game. It was yeah. just a, a drop dead mobile game, which I despise, hate, and always say I'll never play. And I played the heck out of it. Yeah, my wife does those right. Like she, 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 she'll find a game she really likes, but it'll be like, okay, you can play it for this long, and then if you want extra time, you're gonna have to somehow buy it or watch a video, watch or an watch, ad. Yep. And she won't do it. She'll just yeah. play the minimum time engine. She'll play it for like three months, though. That's so, pretty much for this. And then it stops. You can't go farther. Yep. And so she does that, but she won't pay. And she never has. So she just, but she enjoys the game. And she just likes playing them. So. Yep. Same, cool. same here, except I, the whole time I'm playing it, I'm like, can you give me the full version and charge me $15? I'll do it. Yeah. But I understand that model doesn't work because I would never have paid $15 to try that game. Right. So it's a catch twenty two. I get it. Yeah. So my first one is uh, a game with a little story behind it. I had just got my EverDrive for my Nintendo, my original Nintendo. And yes. And I was I downloaded some big giant ROM pack and put it on there, so I had like every game known to man on the Nintendo. I do it. And I'm looking through there. And my daughter's with me. I'm like, let's find a two player game we can play together. And so like I'm just looking and I see one that's. That is called Sanrio Cup Pond Pond Valley. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's probably like a Hello Kitty game. Sanrio. Yeah, Hello Kitty's from Sanrio, right? So I'm like, my daughter likes, she had some like shirts and stuff from Hello Kitty. So I'm like, hey, let's play this Hello Kitty game. Turns out this Sanrio Cup Pond Pond Valley is a like two square game, almost like volleyball, but it's two square. There's no net. Okay. And. You can play all these different like characters. Foursquare? It's like Foursquare. It's like Foursquare in, in elementary school. Yep, and I did too, and I loved it. But this is two square, so it's just two squares, and but the same rules. Like, you, you got to hit the ball. It's got to bounce once in your side. Um, So you pick whatever Sanrio character you want, and I don't know what their names you are. You could be Froggy or... Right. Little what is uh, Hello Kitty or the puppy guy. There's all sorts of weird characters. I don't know anything about them. Don't lie. I don't. Come on. Guilty pleasure. And Admit that you know all their heights, their weights, their likes. Yep. So my daughter and I their played. Their turn-ons. <laughs> their turn-ons. <laughs> so my daughter and I played together like for maybe about half hour. She liked it and I liked it. And then she left, and then I realized and I liked stayed. it. I liked it more than I thought. <laughs> and I, I must have sat and played that for like maybe I'm not kidding, play it for about like two hours. Oh, I kind of want to try it now. And uh, <laughs> and then I still find that when I when I'm like looking through my library on Nez on the EverDrive, I still when I see that I'm like, oh, I want to play that. And then I don't you, play. You get a little <laughs> jump in your heart. Yeah. So, I play a Hello Kitty two-square game. Oh, I love it. That's me. <laughs> That's good. I like how you didn't say played, you said play. Yeah, It's still I going to I this still, day. I will it's still, still happens. I will still boot that up. Oh, that's good. So... And I should say, it's not a NES game, technically. It's a Famicom game. But Yeah, gotcha. Same hardware. Yep. Different box. Right. Um, Different pin configuration. Yep. So, okay, so my next game... I've already talked a lot about how I love the 8- and 16-bit Disney games. They're great games. They're, they're very great. Well, good technical games. I mean, they're they're beautiful. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of them are. Yeah. Um, and they're fun, and they play they, well. Yep. And a lot of people don't list them very highly because they're kind of... Sure. Kids' games. Yeah, who wants to play? You're going to admit you play Aladdin? Lion King? Yep. 
Um, I really love, I've mentioned Rescue Rangers. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it's not, I don't feel that guilty about it because I mention them all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's, there is a couple of those games that I realized they must be a guilty pleasure because I really wanted to play it. Uh, and it's guilty on a few levels, but I was in here playing it and I remember like closing the door because I didn't want my wife to walk by and see <laughs> that I was playing The Little Mermaid oh, on man. NES. Nice. And uh, and for a couple reasons. First of all, Little Mermaid, out of the, it's still a good game, but it's not up to the part of DuckTales yeah. or Chippendale or right. uh, some of those other ones. Um, but, and I did end up telling her, she's like, you're doing what? I was playing The Little Mermaid on Nintendo. Why were you playing Little Mermaid? Did you have your pants on? The gnome had already been to the house, <laughs> the Eric. <laughs> Don't question the gnome. This might come up in a future evil gnome episode. After smashing <laughs> the lady gnome, apparently. Right. Um, so but so it's, it's embarrassing on multiple levels. Once you're, one, you're playing Little Mermaid. Right. Um, two, it's not that good of a Disney game anymore. It's like probably one of the weaker ones, even though it's still pretty good. But I mean, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three, to be honest, the large part of what I was, why I was playing it is I wanted to just beat a game and it's really, sure. it was apparently really easy Yeah, and I beat it on my second playthrough. Okay. Um, so how I was, do you, how do you I was playing around? a baby game based on a kind of a girl her, which, mermaid theme. Which she's got, she's got like fins, right? How does she, or a fishtail. So it's, how does she jump around? She doesn't jump. It was not a platformer. It's, oh, it isn't. It's almost, it's kind of like, um, if I remember right, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's a shmup. It's kind of like the Mario swim levels. Okay. That's fair. Ish. Yeah. I think you, if I remember you right, you blow bubbles. I mean, I beat it so quickly that I don't really don't remember a ton about it. I don't it. remember a ton about it. Yeah. I just remember it being not quite as technically proficient as the other ones. There's kind of glitches. <clears throat> uh, graphics were decent, but not nearly up to the other ones. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. I remember beating Ursula and feeling a small amount of satisfaction because I beat a game. <laughs> and she's evil, so why 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 wouldn't you feel good? The good mermaid won over the bad mermaid. That's mad you, octopus lady. Sometimes in life, that's all you can ask for. Yep, just good mermaids. <laughs> so my next one is kind of an obvious answer, but there is a story behind it. So I my son wanted Pokemon really badly for his 3ds, so we went and bought. Um, he wanted Pokemon Y. So I had heard, and I just researched it, I was heard, well, okay, you can buy Pokemon X, and it's technically a different game, but it's the same game. Okay. And that's the way Pokemon's always are. Yeah, they always have like a red and green, or a they're in twos. blue and yellow, or a sword and shield, or a... Yep, and they're in twos, and roughly the, the worlds are the same, the shops are in the same place, but the, your starter Pokemon change. Oh, so okay. there's different Pokemon, like in different in different ones. So... He, I let him start to play, and then he got stuck at a at a spot. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy the other Pokemon, and I'll play it with you, and we'll and we'll go together. And we did, and we played in parallel all the way to the end. We both beat it same time. It it was one of my like dad moments where like it warms my heart because we we would sit down back like back to back and play. And like, hey, did you get here? Hey, did you get back there? Back to back. So it's apparently like you and I, Eric, are going to do when we try Pokemon Pearl. Sure, 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 sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can Eric, see us in there. Eric, can you come over to my house so we can parallel play? <laughs> and your wife's going to walk by and be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Little Mermaid, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Sanrio. But what it did is we both beat it together, and he he enjoyed it. 
but what it did was that when I was done, I was like, my my thirst for Pokemon was not quenched. I have not collected all. That's right. So like I I I moved on and played a different. I don't remember what Pokemon I played. I think it was Pokemon Green or something like that. I, Leaf or whatever it was. I played that. I didn't Emerald. Beat it. I didn't beat it all the way, but I I played it and I enjoyed it. Um, we we played Pokemon Go. Like me and my wife would walk around like that's got to be the one that I would say would be the most really? guilty. Well, my all my kids wanted to do it too, so we literally had to buy them like devices that could support the GPS. Okay, we didn't buy them cell phones, but you can buy like phones that have GPS built in that just do Wi-Fi. And so we'd tether them to our phones, and we'd walk around, and the whole family would be collecting. That's awesome, and we did that for about we did that for. No kidding, probably six months we played wow. that. Like, and we'd go on walks at night, and we would just go out together and do it. So we played Pokemon Go. I played Pokemon games. I will say, I think Pokemon is one of the best handheld RPGs that's out there. I mean, yeah. I love them. So I wanted to put Pokemon Go on this list, except I just could. I never did get into it. Okay, but I remember trying. Like, I tried to get into it for the longest time. I didn't want to get into it because I do outside sales. I mentioned this, mm-hmm. and if I got into it, it's just too much of a liability to me for, uh, for for me to have a game where you drive places or can walk places to get things. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving around all day for for a living. Yeah, it'd be way too easy to get distracted and be like, oh, and my I whole did day that. Is lost to yeah. Like so, when I'd come home from work, instead of just going home, I'd oh, have a, I had this circuitous there's a route. Gym over here. I had this circuitous route through neighborhoods by landmarks where I could like go and I just hit. In my car, I'd hit the button to like you. You, you kind of find things, and I'd 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 hit all Nerd! these spots. I'd hit all these spots. Nerd to do alert! It. <laughs> there, there. So there was a day of reckoning with Pokemon Go where I was driving in the rain and like going out of my way to go it. And I said, I, I literally did this. I was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> and that was the last day I played. You just were talking to yourself. Yeah. See, and I was afraid of that that might happen. It actually didn't. Um, yeah, but yeah, six months though. I mean, I played it solid and I, I did well, I was battling. I, I, I had rare objects and rare items. I, I was doing, I was kicking butt in that game, but anyway, so anyway, and I, and I'm still digging it. And now I'm playing Pokemon Pearl on the DS and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm going to try I'll try. I'll try that. Okay. All right. So this last one. The the other two I wouldn't necessarily recommend. This one I, I I'm going to highly recommend. And it's probably my biggest guilty pleasure, if you want to call it that. Sure. So this game is called Doki Doki Literature Club. Ooh. Okay. Fancy. <laughs> right. So this is a Steam game. Okay. And if you, what do you think of when you think Japanese anime Steam game? Japanese anime. Well, I would think Japanese anime Steam game will would be like. Girls, anime girls with uh, not a lot of clothes on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> uh, almost there, almost okay. there. So, yeah. Uh, gosh, Japanese games are weird. They they definitely are. So, they they have clothes on. That's not an issue. We're okay. not we're not going there. But it is absolutely a high school dating simulator. But yeah, <laughs> I have to stop Literature real quick. <laughs> yeah. All right, because that is the most awkward, weird thing, and I don't know why. All these Japanese games that grown men play have high school kids dating, right? right? Yeah. 
I had no interest in any game like that whatsoever. Because mm-hmm, first mm-hmm. of all, it seemed boring. Mm-hmm, Second mm-hmm. of all, it seemed weird. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'd play weird over boring, but not boring over weird. Um, but I heard some things about this, and I had to play it. I don't want to give too much away, but I kind of feel like I have to. Otherwise, it's not going to entice anybody. Okay. This game is free. Oh. Download it and play it. Please, please, please download it and play it. On Steam, though, right? On, it is Steam. Yeah, my, my PC is dead, but I can probably... It's probably not a high requirement, right? Or uh, uh, is it graphically... No, it's... I mean, there's still frames with... It's literally... Um, what kind of game is it? It's a dating simulator. Honestly, is. But it is not as simple as that. Okay. And uh, so it's hard for me. I have to tell you a little bit. I have to. I have to give you a little bit of a spoiler. Otherwise, you're sure. not going to play it. Go ahead. I'm. I'm not. You big. will play this for an hour and be like, "Okay, it seriously, is just like some. I'm some dude in high school trying to figure out which of these four girls I want to like get with. Yeah. Not that way, but just as a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And you find yourself in the role, which is kind of the guilty part. We were like, literally, like, oh, she's kind of cute, and she's into this, and that's kind of fun. More. She's kind of into this. this girl's weird. I'm not into her. And you feel like a dork. Like yeah. A huge freaking dork. <laughs> but about an hour in, things start happening. And you're just like, what the crap was that? And by the end of this whole thing, mm-hmm. you're laughing and scared and crying all at the same time. Yeah. And this is probably, it's probably four hours from start to beginning. And it can change as you play it, depending on how you play it, which girl you pursue or whatever. Um, but all I can tell you is it is called a psychological horror dating simulator. Wow. (laughs) And it is, it gets weird and crazy and, um, it thinks very far out of the box. So I just have to leave it at that. Wow. It is so cool. My interest is peaked. It is so cool. I do wish it got to that part quicker because you do play like a full hour of just reading dating simulator texts and making choices and writing love poems to girls and weird stuff that I'm not completely comfortable with, <laughs> but it gets there and it's, it's cool. It is cool. Okay. So Doki Doki literature club, literature club. Okay. Free on steam. I will check that out. <laughs> I, I will check it out. Uh, but too bad it's not on switch. This, I just don't play PC games. But I know. I'll, I'll try it. My my Mac will play Steam games if it's a, if it's on the Mac, so maybe I'll try that. So my next one is uh, one that I'm gonna have to travel back in time a little bit, uh, or a lot actually, not a little bit, a long while ago, because um, I don't play this game much anymore. But back in the day, when I had my Commodore 64, I was living at home. I got I download. I didn't. I actually pirated this game. I got little computer people. Okay, and. I loaded up little computer people and I've heard stories about this game. Literally like a dollhouse. You see a little house. You're playing dollhouse. And you have a little person who is almost like a pet, but you you have him trapped in this house and you can you can read to him, you can knock on the door and he has to walk over there and open the door and see who's there. And you basically are just playing with this little guy. And at that time I was fascinated with the game, but I'd have friends come over and they'd be like, hey, let's play like, you know, some game on the Commodore 64, like a let's shooter. Let's go bang, bang, shoot them up. Yeah. And, 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 and I'd be stuff. like, I can't turn off my computer because I'd run little computer people and I would run it for days at a time because it was like a living, <laughs> it was like a living guy. You're going to kill my man. 
It was like like almost like a Tamagotchi kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> where the longer you ran it, he would do different things. He'd get sick if you didn't feed him. He would uh he had a little pet that would run around with him and stuff, but I've literally run that and not play other games with my friends to leave that on there. And and my That's sisters hilarious. would come in and I would just I would not let anyone touch it. And I did that for I mean it's I I can't remember how long it was, but it was probably a couple of months. Like I would but run it, and you could save, so you could save and then go play something else, but I would just want to leave it running, like, in the background, like, on my Commodore 64, and, you know, my parents didn't want me to leave my computer on overnight, so I would... Power. I would literally, like, turn the monitor off, and but then I'd put a sock over the power light. Yeah, yeah. So that they couldn't <laughs> see it, and then I would leave it running overnight and stuff to see what would happen, if the guy would get sick or whatever. So anyway, that was That's like awesome. a guilty pleasure of mine. But it is like playing dolls. It's like You're a digital dolls. dolls. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. We saved our best for last. Cool beans, man. Um, that is a show, and that is a year. That is 2019 in the books. Yep. Um, I think uh, next month, six good games. Uh, kind of thought of a funny idea here. I think you agreed with. Mm-hmm. Whatever this means to you, games PETA would not approve of. PETA meaning the, uh, was it people against, or people for the ethical treatment of animals? Yeah. So whatever that means to you. Whatever I, they wouldn't like. I can think of all kinds of things. Yeah. Dr. Robotnik is not very PETA friendly. He's always smashing hedgehogs and and foxes. Um, and then we have to think of a good battle of the systems. I don't have a good answer yet. Well, let's let's contemplate. We'll we'll take our time and think about that. Um, we were talking about how uh, at forty eight k RAM, Josh Malone had an idea, but we couldn't remember it. So maybe yeah, we need to dig that up. I'll reach out to him and see if he remembers what it is. Um, and maybe we'll just go with a because he is a Patreon supporter. So we could, if he has a good idea, we'll use it. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Well, until January of twenty twenty, remember. It's It's dangerous dangerous to go go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction, that's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account, that's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input, so hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.